Welcome back to ComTrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I'm your host, Tim Leifide, and we have another special guest with me um, from uh, what I believe is he's calling it Under the Sea, Daniel Gill. Greetings and salutations from Under the Sea. <laughs> I'm in a yellow submarine where all my friends are, in a sea of green. Dan is is recording uh, from all the way up north in Bowling Green, where I used to go to college, um, and he's joining us for this special episode. Yep. Um, and of course, you know why this episode is very important uh, for this particular time in history. Because Neo Tokyo is about to explode. Oh my gosh! Yes, this is the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen, the year that Akira, one of the great japanese anime takes place and I, that's so uh, we're gonna you're gonna see a lot of other uh sci-fi movies that take place in 2019 coming up for here so this is your first little look at it and we're gonna drive st straight into kind of our semi-anime month for yep. this month um yes so uh okay yeah akira this this is kind of a big one um and i especially know it was for you because i remember you telling this story so why don't you tell that well, story it's not really that much of an interesting story it's just uh, the movie came out in 1988, and uh, there used to be a store here in Bowling Green called Hidden Realms, and uh, they had a selection of uh, video cassettes there, and they had uh, some anime, and one of the animes they got was Akira, and I was, I was 15, 16 years old when it came out, and this was the original streamline uh, dub with uh, Leonardo voicing Can Kaneda. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. It wasn't the best dub ever, but it was a very good dub for the time, especially compare it to like uh, Robo Robotech or uh, uh, Captain Harlock or, or uh, Unico. Um, and this is the first anime I ever saw that really proved that animation didn't have to be for kids. It was just yeah, that's powerful, that's... mind blowing. I just you know, sat down, popped it in, figured, ooh, I knew what anime was. I had no problems. By the end of that movie, my jaw was dropped. I mean, it was yeah, so that phenomenal. was it was so different than I've ever seen. That was totally the thing that uh, I took away from your uh, first when you were telling me about your first experience with this movie. Like, this is the movie that made me realize animation is not for yeah. kids, which is well, one a wonderful um, illusion to shatter for oh, anyone, you know? Because Lord knows it's it's kind of amazing how that's still around today, how that's still. Oh, yeah. Bit. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I talked on the uh, the last episode, uh, which was Spirited Away. Um, I talked, I actually showed uh, Spirited Away to my dad, and I wanted that to be his movie to be like, yeah, animation's not for totally for kids, but didn't sway him, <laughs> which was really depressing. But uh, yeah, no, this this movie now, uh, as far as my first viewing, it was a little bit different because. I'd already seen Ghost in the Shell and Cowboy Bebop. I've seen, uh, by then I'd seen this, um, all the, the movie, the other Japanese uh, stories that kind of took away from this movie. came after, yeah. you know. Or they were helped yeah. inspired by Akira. So, so it didn't have the same impact, although I do remember it having like the, this kind of the same impact that I had uh, when I f uh, first watched Blade mm -hmm. Runner. I just kind of, when the movie was over, I'm like, what the hell did <laughs> I just watch? <laughs> um, but over time, like after I watched it a couple more times, I'm like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, this is definitely up there with the caliber of Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell, and um, all these, uh, Blade Runner, all these other great, you know, sci-fi, western, uh, 
film noir cyberpunk kind of genres that uh, you tend to associate, you know, categorize this movie right, with. Right. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, that, so was that like just, you know, you, your jaw was dropped at the end of it? Was Is there anything like else uh, that you really like took away from it? Because uh, as you remember, he, this guy was watching it back when it was still on VHS. Remember VHS Kids? That thing you put in the... The, the tape player. Well, we can talk about that later. I mean, there's we got two hours of movie to get through. <laughs> That's very true. Let's we shouldn't waste no time to get it because uh, this is like a a real masterpiece. Yeah. So if you guys uh, back home have it, um, you might want to just cue it up because we are gonna be pressing play in three, two, one, and there's the uh, the logo the right there. Yep, I, I have no idea what it I is. Said Japanese, um, that's all I know. That's that's right. Um, uh, oh, actually, I'm curious. Uh, you don't know anything about the uh, the manga series? Oh God, yes, I read it. Yeah. Oh, you have. Right on. Okay, because for a second I was like, oh man, I really wish I knew more about the manga. Uh, I've I've read maybe like three manga in my yeah. life, and this sadly was. I not think one, I've actually made but, uh, this movie uh, about the time that was actually originally set that this explosion happened. Oh, you're yeah, kidding! Like, so we're come. So with this screening, we're kind of coming full yeah, circle. Exactly. Nice, nice. Well, I just remember I, I was uh, back in 2016 when they uh, officially, well, they had officially announced that Japan was going to be the uh, where the 2020 Olympics were going to be. And yeah, I, like, oh, I totally cool. saw that. There's Mario, there's Mario bouncing coincidence. around. Oh wait, wait, <laughs> what happened in 2020? So, oh my God, Akira! Oh. Yeah. So, does that mean we're actually going to be wiped out by a fourth, uh, like a fifth dimensional Please, being? Can we? Well, at this time. rate, yeah. Looking at the news feed, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So now we're going th- uh, thirty-one years after World War Three, and I'll tell you what. Like, it, it's also really interesting that because this movie was made in Japan, it starts immediately with like an atomic bomb esque explosion, and that's World War Three. Yeah. Like. Well, well the line, um, the line can you imagine being there's the title so drop? Yeah, well, I'm just like, damn, that is quite a message for being, you know, in this, uh, for uh, uh, for that country to start your movie yeah. just like that, atomic explosion, World War Three, like you're just tapping straight to the throat for your country's interferers. Well, they are the, um, the only post-apocalyptic nation in existence. Yeah. Um. So there's that. All right. So now we're in the bar. Uh, I, I really do love this underground bar, like with all the uh, the crazy neon. And oh, yeah, here's like a little bit of an Easter egg that I know you'll uh, appreciate that they film, put in. I don't know if this was like um, from the original cells or if they westernized it after the fact. Yeah. But you can see Cream, Led Zeppelin, The Doors. Actually, those bands are yeah. really huge over there. No, no yeah. way. Led right on. Yeah, so Led it's kind of like... Most monumental planes at the, the Budokan in Japan. Uh, right on. Beatles, uh, Cheap Trick was huge. So I, this okay. music would still be very popular over there. Hell, it's still popular over okay. there. Well, I guess then again, um, is it still popular over there? Because again, this takes this isn't the 80s anymore. This is, we are now in 2019. Neo Tokyo. There is still a, a, a market for it over there. I mean, there's still kind of a thriving rockabilly movement. And they still have mm-hmm. jazz bars, so. Yeah, well, that I know they're definitely huge and, uh, in jazz. So I really did. Definitely due to Cowboy I adored Bebop. this little video I found on YouTube of a Japanese Celtic bar, 
where there, a bunch of Japanese people are playing Irish music. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is brought to you by Canon. <laughs> yep. the, the stickers Tetsuo. on the Tetsuo or Tetsuo's uh, um, bike is pretty good. Oh, Canada, that's right. I love that um, bike. I actually that's his bought bike. the uh, Todd McFarlane Toys uh, version of that. I didn't give it. I did. That's you know, right. I think this is actually made a Canada action figure with it. It came with the, the zapper gun that the only the laser uses at the end, but he can't sit on the bike. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck's the point? So I put Doctor Strange on him instead. <laughs> oh, you should have totally put Captain America. I didn't, on there. I didn't have a good like, Captain America at the time. Oh, you could do that okay. now with my. Captain I gotcha. America. Yeah, I was about to say because I've seen that that shelf of yeah. yours. All right, right away we're going into Neo Tokyo, like with all the crazy Blade Runner s neon going. But also, on and, just look at the animation. Um, um, this was very. This is extreme quality for uh, Japanese animation at the time. There are so many layers yes, what, and so much detail to watch it. You can actually uh, remember that, that series on YouTube, Every Frame a Painting? This truly is uh, actually, no, Every you're, Frame as a Painting. No, no, you're actually thinking of a nerd writer. Okay, no, I'm thinking about uh, it, the details, everything that's going on in the show, in the shots. Oh, okay, I see what you as mean. An, as a, as a but, fan of animation, looking in the backgrounds and seeing what's moving, what's not moving, uh, the, the yes. uh, you know, look at the way the things, the, the light is coming up, the light trails, the soundtrack, that gorgeous, amazing soundtrack yes. using synthesizers and primitive uh, Japanese instruments. It, it's an amazing yes. film. Yes, it is. Like the, the I mean, uh, I believe the uh, the director uh, said he really wanted the uh, Neo Tokyo to be its own character yeah. and almost be like the second protagonist to the movie. And it really shows, especially in this early sequence, oh, most definitely. Um, where they're just racing through the uh, um, uh, the streets because we've got the two rival gangs. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, what, uh, just in the, in the manga, uh, one of the characters, the guy with the clown face. He's actually a main yes. character later on. Oh, Her, okay. They made this when the, the manga was not over yet. They actually commissioned the film to be made. And so uh, Matsuhiro Otomo, the director uh, and writer of uh, director, animator, author of, of Akira, had to finish up him, that guy. He's actually he's actually a okay. main character. Yeah. They had to finish up okay. uh, a lot of the ideas before he could finish in the manga for the film. So the, the basically they're almost like cameos. There's a couple of, there's a couple of okay. other ones up in the later in the film. And what happened is in the manga, there were parts of this movie that Otomo was, un, was unhappy with, especially the ending. Mm-hmm. So he actually went back mm-hmm. and changed what he wanted to. Same thing happened with, uh, what is it, uh, Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, the oh, okay. was still going on when the first anime came out. When the first anime came out. So about halfway through the, uh, the anime run, the story diverged amazingly. And then they did uh, hmm. Full Oh, there's yeah, the, the oh, famous yeah, the slide. The very famous Akira slide. That's Sorry, okay. I didn't want to but interrupt. It's just like. Right on. It's, it's really wonderful that I got an anime or uh, an animation oh, book yeah. on here. Um, along with someone who's actually read the manga, I actually didn't know you it's read it. It's been a it, while. So this it's is been awesome. A long time, so there's not as much, many details as I, I'd like to say. Hey, that's cool. Like. I mean, I'm welcome to just have anyone uh, who yeah. knows a little bit oh, more yeah, about this. Um, this is another really cool shot, like with the light trails yes. and whatnot. Like that's impossible to do in live action without like visual mm-hmm. effects, like because you need to do long exposure that for that sort of thing, and it just adds, I don't know, just like the most interesting real detail that or 
uh, hyper real kind of quality to it yeah. that gives it a real sense I of style. I love this and juxtaposition of this life or death situation cast against the television, which is showing uh, dogs being happy, and then suddenly you see the dogs very, you know, the, the violent guard dogs hunting them down. Yes. Uh, the characters. Yes, are, that's that's some really great great A editing yeah, right there. Even right there with the commercials. Mm-hmm. Like and and you know that's totally on purpose. That nothing in this movie is on oh, accident. Um, and you also mentioned like it's like a lot more detailed than most uh, anime, and right away you can kind of see that because yeah. you know most people associate anime with being kind of cheap looking, and they're they're that they're okay. To, and that's like yeah. A, yeah, that is, and that's a just thing to to be because you know they ha- they. Uh, only draw for so many frames and they only yeah. have so much of a budget well, back, back, but then again this movie had yeah, the budget then, um 16 to 18 frames of animation was standard in japanese animation um we yes. actually i'm so old we used to call it japanimation you, you want to piss <laughs> off an anime fan or an otaku you call it japanimation it's fun oh, oh man see now we just lost like <laughs> half our viewers which is like all of the two that listen no but also this is what this i believe was the first uh, japanese uh, animated film that actually uh dubbed or, or cut the uh, the voice acting before the film because yes, normally that i did read that normally would just show, animate that and that, that's one reason why a lot of anime from the 80s looks so silly because people were trying to set their voices to uh the lip movements on the, on the screen this was done differently, yeah. so it actually came out a lot better. Yes. Like, the, you could actually tell that these characters are very much performed rather than, you know, trying to sync up with something that's already been yeah. done. Um, and it makes gives it a much more naturalistic Plus feel. Plus, you look at, you look all, at right, all the so, characters in the background, they're moving. A lot of the other uh, anime at the time, they would be static. But no, there is not a... Everyone is moving. Everyone has a soul. Everyone has a purpose. It's wonderful, and the, even the elements are constantly moving. This moment right here, kind of is the part that really kind of messed me up for the rest of the movie. Oh yeah, like this is truly disturbing. Also, I had no idea what the hell that kid yeah. was. Like, is is in it old? Is it a child? I mean, he sounds like a kid. He he's the height of a kid, but the, the wrinkles and the, the skin tone. I'm like, what is going on? And then this shit happens when I'm like, damn. Yeah damn like because i because th- i mean granted this um because you mentioned before like this was like, was this the part where you realized oh shit this is so not for yes children. yes it was <laughs> i was like i was like 15 years old going i don't think i should be watching this <laughs> see the first time i realized animation couldn't be for kids was also similar to japanimation mm-hmm. um but uh it was uh uh for because i was way into the matrix mm-hmm. I was watching the Animatrix for the first time. Yeah, that was really good. Saw the sec, the second Renaissance, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is ridiculously intense. Like I've never seen animated gore quite like that. Yeah, before. it was um, something completely different. Yeah, and then it, it's kind of the similar uh, uh, thing that I felt here when I was just like, Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we're cut to the other. Uh, oh, what do they call these? Uh, these higher beings um i forget what they're called this it's been a while since i've uh remember watching um, this it's been so long so i've since watched it either but they are the refer by number 25 26 and 27 okay um but mm. they are uh they're basically the psychic kids an yes. esper is yes. an esper that's what they're called okay esp Thank you. or um, esper esper oh that's 
You know, do you think they stole that off of Blade Runner? Like the Esper test? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. They might have. I mean, because, well, Blade Runner was like 1983. This was 88. So, you know, honestly, I would not be shocked if, um, you know, when uh, whenever uh, Blade Runner got released in Japan, like the filmmakers of this will just watch that. And we like we want to do something like that. And they well, look to this Blade manga and like, Runner, let's Blade do this. Blade Runner came to so many di- uh, inspired so many different things. I mean, obviously, yes. it inspired the cyberpunk movement. It's still going strong today. It inspired this movie. And uh, William yes. Gibson, the writer of Neuromancer, the quintessential yes. uh, cyberpunk novel, when he saw Blade Runner, he actually stopped writing uh, the book for almost a month because it had already been done. Everything he saw in his head was on the screen. Why even bother? Yeah. But then yeah. He, Although... He, and remember that was for the uh, the original shitty theatrical cut, yeah. Not the uh, the the far superior final yeah. cut. I don't even know which to cut to watch anymore. There's so many of them. The final cut okay. is the best. I've watched I've watched the work print. I've watched the god awful U.S. theatrical yeah. cut, and I've seen the director's cut, and I've seen the final cut. The final cut is hands down the best, the single best, and the only real cut to really that you really need I just to watch. Want to, I just want to make one uh, notation here. JJ yes. Abrams only wishes he could get lens flare at this film. <laughs> that is so he true. He would love to have light rays yeah. like that. Holy shit. Oh Actually, my god. Is that Not, the, is I that mean the name of your, your photography company? Is it because of this film? Yeah y- yes it is. Um yes light trail f- photography. That is my photography. Huh. Um although it's not really it's sort of based off of this i mean again because that that light shot where the uh the, the tail lights move and um uh away from the camera and that sort of thing that is like probably my favorite shot yeah. in the movie um but i just wanted uh a, 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 a like a brand name that has my initials okay. <laughs> and Tim i thought and i did yeah. like a few and i did a few experiments with photography back then and, and with light with light trails and slow exposures and whatnot so that seemed like a bit um, you can find me on Instagram. He's a really good photographer. He works for he loves to work weddings. Why thank you. Thank you, thank you. But enough of uh like ego stroking uh let's get back to the movie. So uh Tetsuo has just hit one of the uh, the psychics and now he's gonna be passed to uh his this sort of is thing. The one and, part that I never um, really made any sense in the movie to me is how did Tetsuo mm-hmm. become one of the espers? Did they just randomly find out that he had the power? Because it's always big confusing. That's one of the big one of the big mysteries of this movie. They really don't even talk about it that much in the in the manga either. It's just, I I guess what they're trying to go through is that everyone has this potential inside them, but it just it's that so could be confusing. one way of looking at it. But what? So do you just have in order to get it, you just have to hit one of them with a motorcycle? Apparently. I. It's a, it's a very, it's weird, but you know what? Because this movie is so freaking... Oh, it's like 2001. Uh, 2001 doesn't make a lick of it, sense either, but you still watch it because it's a great movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but honestly, I think that's a great interpretation to look at. Like, everyone does have that potential. Mm-hmm. And you can just say that, you know, uh, Tetsuo somehow unlocked it. Maybe it was the fear. that Maybe it was like the psychic fear that both of them felt. Like, I'm about to hit them. or And he was thinking, I'm about to get hit. Yeah. And that psychic, like, instant along with the impact is what made it do it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's total bullshit. Who knows? Interpret your own. That's the beauty of yeah, this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, and it, 
But uh, also, do you know what this uh, this movie also has a striking re- resemblance to that I actually watched uh, last week just to kind of refresh myself? Did you ever see uh, uh, Max Landis's uh, Chronicle? No, is that the one that uh, basically like the kids that get kind of superpowers? And yes, of, and it's all found and one footage. Of them bad. Yes, because well, you know his home style is kind of yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Um, if you watch that, you're like, I, I am constantly thinking of Akira, hmm. especially in the third act. Um, cause like he goes on a rampage and takes on the military police and like just, uh, gets stronger and stronger and stronger until he meets, like reaches like a, uh, uh, a breaking point. Um, but I won't want to spoil that movie cause, but cause it's actually not a bad uh, movie, especially for, um, as far as, uh, found footage movies yeah. go. But anyway, we, we seem to be like <laughs> reverting everything except to this movie. Well, so, as long as we don't see talk about a film, we was like, "Ooh, that's a great shot. Ooh, that's a great shot. Ooh, that's a great shot." <laughs> they would, you I mean, it is true. Like every shot in this movie is freaking great. It's, what you have to do is you have to talk about how the film also affects other things. I mean, I mean, this came out in '88. That's a solid thirty-one years of, of influencing other films and influencing other uh, potential. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that the guy who made Paprika and uh, Paranoid Agent would have gone nearly as far if he hadn't seen this movie. Uh, That's very I true. Think, yeah. Think, you know, Massimilian Shiro's Ghost in the Shell would have been nearly as big if it hadn't been inspired by this film. Oh, yeah. Well, not to mention the uh, the amount of credibility that this movie came up we got to. Because mm-hmm. remember, this was not a cheap movie for Japan. Yeah. Like you can tell, and the money is showing for sure. There it is, the twenty Tokyo Olympics, twenty twenty, everyone. So, uh, yeah, maybe we all are headed for this giant blast in the sky to blow us all into oblivion. Which you know, at this point, wouldn't be so bad. No, just just let just let me know exactly what day it is so I can blow all my cash and do all the wrong things that I've been wanting to do. Now, one thing here is in the scene where it actually shows that the 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 the, the uh, disconnect between the teenagers and the adults. And I think yes. that really works very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the teenagers are rebellious, obviously, but the kid, the, the adults are just assholes to them. Yeah. And that's well, I mean, maybe, maybe a reflection enough. of Japanese society. I don't know. The, the uh, adults res- expect the Japanese, the, the teenagers to respect them, and the teenagers see no reason to. And so mm-hmm. this is a completely different and, thing, you know. That's why they had a, a lot, there were a lot of motorcycle gangs in the eighties that helped inspire this film. Uh, they had a, yeah. a, 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 a they called them a major crime wave of, of bicycle of, of motorbike gangs. It was probably maybe forty of them, but mm-hmm. <laughs> because they completely uh, they were changing the, uh, the dichotomy of Japanese culture at the time, it scared a lot of people. And mm-hmm. uh, part of Matsuhiro uh, Tomo's genius is to cast them as the heroes. Yes, that's actually that's actually a really interesting thing because it was it was literally like a counterculture point, mm-hmm. um, and then here we this is another really like big one like um, where we have like you know terrorism and that uh, terrorism abroad, which again is that's another thing that makes this film like really scary and relevant because mm-hmm. um, uh, as because I mean with granted within the world of the film. Neo Tokyo is just like a uh, uh, kind of a struggling utopia or dystopia. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like you could say it's a dystopia, but it's 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 been um, built from the ground up to make it you know be the perfect city. But you, this movie shows the cracks underneath. 
Yes, absolutely. That um, I, th I think uh, the nerd writer also did another video on Ghost in the Shell, um, and he mentioned uh, a professor whom I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, he called these kind of cities heterotopias, mm. ones that were you know built built on old ground and revamped and torn down and renewed, and they have their flaws and their cracks, but they also have just their normal like. Good, not necessarily their good sides, but their beauty. Yeah. Um, they, they, it's a beautiful dystopia is the best way you can kind of des describe the heterotopia because it was just this idea of taking the old and the new and mix, mix matching yeah. them together to the point where it forms a new identity all its yeah. own. Now, I do love this scene coming up. Um, I'll point out in just a moment. Because this, I mean, when I first saw this on VHS, I died laughing because it's such an out of the nowhere moment. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, I, it's been a while since I've seen this. They're but, chatting, um, they're chatting, uh, he's trying to pay, pay her up, she has no interest. Yes. You know, it's just like, <laughs> they're looking at the refugees and the, the protesters, oh, there's her buddy, and he's yep. like trying to act on <clears> how cool he is because he's Canadian, he's got a pill on his back. And he, he's got, he's got an ego the size of a planet. Yeah. And she's like, that's it. Oh, As, he's like, come on, baby, come on back. I, I didn't save you at all. Yeah, yeah come on. Nope. And then, then he's cut off literally by the train, yep. and he, she Here just pulls goes. a Batman on him. Tell your name, you bitch. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. I flat lost it the first time I saw that. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a problem with a lot of movies is that when they're dark and gritty, they forget to have the moments of comedy. I mean, yeah, it's dark yeah. comedy because you know, some a lot of people just died there. But it, Which is why I'm actually really excited to see what Taika Waititi does when he's done with I don't Thor. want to see Akira. I do not want to see live-action Akira. I really don't. No. I'm... No. I'm, nope. I'm, I'm inter... Nope. Okay. All right. Jeez. Like, I'm open to the idea because, like, adaptations really excite me, especially when they're handed to, like, a really interesting artist. Um, so I'm totally on board. Do I think it will be good? Maybe not. We're probably going to get another Ghost in the Shell and be totally uh, disappointed. But will it? Only time will tell. Like, I mean, who knows? Something really quite magical and special Speaking might come out of it. Speaking of magical and special, this was all hand yes. drawn. This was not CGI. There was no CGI yes. in the film. This was all that, you know technical drawings. Which, when you look at scenes like this, you're like, "How the hell yeah. did they do that without computers?" It was just quite amazing. Because and um as a matter it feel i honestly feel like they took a lot of video reference mm -hmm. on that sort yeah. of thing um especially the really multi-layered complicated pits like uh the computers that you mm -hmm. see there um now and, this is yeah, this know, is a cgi like effect oh this is cgi yeah, that is a cgi effect okay i always like and I, so i always like the care maybe going to shock in number 26 or and I just, I always liked the Colonel. The Colonel was a very interesting character to me. You know, he's a, he's yes. a military man. He is a you know, career dude, but he's not a bad guy. He's, he's, no, he's he, doing what he thinks even is though, right for his country. Yeah, as I was about to say the same thing, because like he's presented very much as like the, the guy who's really tough and just is trying to do his job, but he's not trying to like, go out and uh, he's not doing it um in the case of many other uh uh archetypes of this kind of character he he's uh he knows that the 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 the, the means do not outweigh yeah, he's not doing it sadistically you know? he's not a 
He's not taking great pleasure in what he's doing. He's doing it because he has to, not because he wants to. Uh, and he will like avoid uh, any kind of losses if right, he can. Exactly. Which, which is you know something you rare can you uh, very rare uh, don't get to see very often, mm-hmm. um, especially in these types of characters. I mean, they're literally just trying to recover. At least you know it might be humans, but uh, or semi-human, depending on how you view the espers. Yeah. But they're just trying to get their experiments back. Mm-hmm. So and oh my lord, look. That, can you just like take a moment yeah. and appreciate those poor animators having to draw not just perspective but light? I mean, I took a like an animation class, and we had to do the walk cycle, the uh, the infamous walk cycle that uh, you have to every animator has yeah. to do. Like they have to draw a character and then cycle them walking. Um, and uh, yeah, that just doing that it was. A massive headache, so I can only imagine having to draw all these crazy perspectives. You imagine this is how weird angles. This is how the Japanese imagine uh, United States for for their high schools. Possibly. (laughs) Oh my no! Actually, with that coach there, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember, nineteen eighty-eight. So this is around the time of like you know Animal House and Revenge of the Nerds. So. You can imagine, I can totally see them watching Three like, like high that's a man. <laughs> Although uh, it's it's crazy how many Western things that uh, seem to be reflected in their version of what Neo Tokyo is, yeah. like bad education, corrupt politicians, you know, uh, rampant gang war. Motor, uh, the only thing they missed was the global yeah. warming. The, the only okay. thing they what missed was global warming. Here? I don't understand why. He just literally, like, just emit blurb. Just, oh, what? Yeah, he just, just like, blurps. Full of blood. It's just, like, the most confusing thing. I'm guessing it's because he was just holding it in his mouth and he wanted to show up to a girl, which apparently was his idea of flirting. But... Yeah, if you're vomiting blood, sir, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this place has universal health care or anything. But these are very much... But these but... are very 80s fashions they're wearing, too. You know, yes, the, yes. One well, guy with it, suit, it, suit it, coat it, with the arms uh, curled up, uh... The uh, the pink polo shirt that Canada is wearing, like the the uh, the like the the weird like crop top that she's exactly. wearing. Um, yeah. Uh, although it kind of suggests like one of two things. Um, either which I'll take. One, it's like after Neo Tokyo, it like this movie was like semi stuck in the eighties yeah. because it was completely destroyed. So they had to, you know, get back to the eighties from where they were. Or the 80s is, like, now in today's uh, world, the 80s is making a big comeback. Yeah, because that's, that's what happened in our life world, too. Yes. So, who knows? Maybe it's one of those two it's things. Kind of but um, Yeah, it's, it's it's really funny how many things this I movie kind of got I right. I was to say how much that's... I really felt bad for Kyrie. Yeah. She was yeah. such a sweet she... character. She, she just loved uh, Tetsuo, and he treated her like trash. And then all these horrible things happen to her, and I don't want to ruin the movie, but, but yeah, what happens to her should not have happened ever. No, no, she was, she was honestly, she's just trying to find like a nice place to get out, yeah. like because as you can see, she's surrounded by just awful people yeah. <laughs> and an awful place to be in. Uh, she she needs like a nice little apartment by herself yeah. for the rest of her life. <clears throat> um, that is a good shot of those two. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. That's because that's the other reason why I wanted to watch this movie uh, for this year for Comtrack is like how much of this stuff got right. Yeah. 
and what got wrong and whatnot. Mm. But uh, it, it's kind of crazy how much uh, I don't know how much of this stuff in Japan is going on uh, for this movie, but I'll be damned if there's a lot going on over here in the states. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually kind of scary. <laughs> um, so now uh, we're going through, and now uh, we got uh, it was the clowns and the uh, the capsules, right? Right. Uh, right. Um, so the clowns are going to be chasing up uh, Tetsuo, yeah. and they're going to fuck up their shit. He, he ran the bike too fast. He, he kicked the RPMs too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, oh, I just, I just did a little to... research while we're sitting here, and yeah, the movie was actually uh, made for $9 million uh, American when this movie came out, which is a lot of money for an anime at the time. Yeah, because isn't like like the average like only like one, maybe even like just less One than that. two million, yeah. So this is like five times yeah. the price. Oh, Kyrie. Oh, poor mm. honey. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's actually a really cool it's wipe. It's a very though. cool wipe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but uh, there, there's this one other moment that's coming up that's been copied a bunch of times, which is probably m- uh, my second favorite moment in this entire movie. And, oh, God, this is... This really was also just awful to watch. Yeah, but you really do learn to yeah. hate the clowns when they do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, just... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's awful. That was the first time in anime um, I'd ever seen tits not be erotic. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, that same happened to me with also the uh, the Animatrix when um, they tore the dress off of that robot chick. Yeah which was really kind of messed up. All right, this moment coming up here, uh, this is probably one of my favorite moments where uh, uh, Kaneda uh, is charging headlong into one of the clown bikes, and he does this great, great moment here. He jumps up right up. Yeah, right. Yeah, this bit where he just, like, jumps up. Bam! Blade did that in one of his movies. Uh, well, that was also mimicked in uh, Mask of the Phantasm, hmm. if you remember. Um where Bruce Wayne is biting, fighting a group of bi- biker games by himself. Yeah. Uh, and he actually does the exact same thing, which does not shock me because, A, uh, they did the uh, the bike slide um, in uh, one of the episodes with Robin. I think it was uh, Robin's Reckoning Part yeah. 2. Uh, they do the bike slide. But that also really doesn't surprise me because it turns out, and if you look at the animation, you can like uh, kind of see the similarities some of the animators actually wound up working or some of the uh, animators wound up uh, founding the, uh, the companies that eventually did a lot of the animation for uh, Batman, the animated oh yeah, series. Oh yeah. TMS entertainment. Yeah. yeah. It's actually kind of funny. Uh, there's a sequel. There's a, in one of the uh, commentaries on the Batman beyond return of the Joker, I mm-hmm. think it was the cut version because there are two different documents. There were two different com- commentaries. There was one that was a yes, version, I remember that. The uncut. And in the, uh, in the cut version, the uh, directors and writer are talking about how they have the, the, uh, the scene with the bicycle, or not the bike, the, uh, the the Batmobile, or Batwing, I guess is what it was. The Batwing yes. being chased by the lasers was very similar to yes. the scene that happened here in Akira. And it was actually done by the same animator who was never happy with what he did with Akira, so he wanted to, he huh. wanted to step it up a notch and do exactly what he thought could have been done. So that's why that was such action-packed in the Batman and Return of the Joker. That's cool. Oh, God, that's a great oh, visual. Oh, God, it was an amazing visual. Especially that when they show him pantomime. Tries to put it back uh, on. Yeah, that's great. And now this, where they do like the uh, the ghosting effect. 
I'm not. I think only like part of it was hand drawn, and a little bit was done like in post and and in the editing process. Yeah. Uh, like you know, some filters and whatnot oh, yeah. to enhance it and whatnot. But either way, I don't think I've ever seen like the ghosting effect done quite like that in animation. No. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, but again, now so this just is like Tetsuo's uh, signature is like is is moving at an alarming rate, and these guys are starting to like realize this guy is he's he's one of them now. We got to take him in for study and that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it, that is straight up Men in Black. Oh yeah, <laughs> like uh, he's he is like an earpiece short of being Agent Smith. Yeah. Yep. And they are gone, just gone. Um, although, did you notice when like uh, Tetsuo was like uh, crunched over? Did oh. Did you notice like he was getting flashes? And those are like flashes to what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. There's a lot of amazing um, foreshadowing in this film. Oh, a lot of foreshadowing, <clears throat> um, in more ways than one. Like I said, a lot of shit that's going on in this movie is happening today, kids. It's 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 kind of scary. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, now they're just kind of contemplating on where they are, and they want to get it. Uh, try to figure out how to get uh, Tetsuo back and um, yeah it's kind of scary to imagine you know like rebel kids out on the street suddenly get you know fifth dimensional powers <laughs> like that's that really has got to be a scary thought and uh, again if you haven't seen Chronicle give that a uh, check that out because they, they really play around with that idea but in a slightly more intimate way Ooh. this is done on a more like epic scope with uh a more cyberpunk edge whereas um chronicle is much more of like a uh teen movie uh that uh kind of plays with that concept because it, it's you know it starts out like a normal teen movie and then it just evolves into this crazy superpower um kind of thing going on but uh, but again it's not as epic as this oh, yeah. it's, it's just handheld footage <clears throat> um but uh yeah, what, oh, oh, where did Kaneda go? I, I missed yeah. that. <laughs> he's wondering what's going he, on in the fight, so he's, he's trying oh, to keep okay, track of right. uh, yeah. the, uh, the, re- the rebels. Yeah, the revolution is going on because, you know, Neo-Tokyo is um, starting to burst from within. Um, kind of like how it, it, we're about bursting from within uh, out here in the U.S., which is um, crazy. I, I, although... <laughs> I'd say I would like to. I really wish I could say that uh, it isn't as violent as it is here. But if you look at the stuff that's going on in Puerto Rico right now, in Hong Kong, yeah. Um, oh, also, did you notice like the uh, the profanity? Because um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but they also have a profanity like "fuck you" written on the uh, the the walls. Yeah. Not just there, but they also had it in the bar. Mm-hmm. Now, was that? Also in the original version, or did they actually touch that up for the American release? I, I'm not sure. No, actually, it was the original uh, Japanese version as well. Oh, okay. Just because like English was common enough in Tokyo at the time that they they felt they they could use oh, definitely, that. Definitely. Okay, I got you. All right, so now we're in the tunnels and <laughs> Tetsuo to the rescue, or Kaneda to the rescue. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do next 
I do. It, it's it's really easy. Well, I mean, they are kind of oh, like brothers. So. Oh, jeez, that was Jesus. <laughs> yeah, freaked her out. Also, do you know? Did you know? Um, it's interesting, like uh, how bright the blood was yeah. when she shot him, but then it's like a, a much darker and muddier thing as he slides in. It's almost like the brightness exaggerates that sort of thing. That's not. Ooh, that's actually really something cool. Oh, I, yeah. need to, I need to steal that from my next movie. Yes. Just make. <laughs> just when when the person gets shot, their blood it's like needs cranberry to juice or something for God's sake. Like yeah. really red. <laughs> maybe like, maybe play with light so it's a little bit more maybe easy for to just visually dump them swallow. Punch. Mm. Either that or um, just like strawberry jammed. Mm, strawberry. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be a bitch to clean up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so uh, wiping the t- blood off me and that one shot you made, and and yes. I made the complaint about man, there's so much blood in my bed. Never seen so much blood in my bathroom. And all my girlfriends are like, yes, we have. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a flashback to the 1988. This is a dream the sequence. Original... Oh, it's a dream sequence. This okay. is a dream sequence. So, so I, a... no, uh, the, the, I remember, Tetsuma were born after 88. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he's just, he's yeah. seeing Kaneda as a child and he's having a dream sequence. He's not sure what the hell's happening. Okay, the dream sequence in this movie really were trippy as fuck. Oh, God, yes. I, I had nightmares they're... about a couple of them. That goddamn teddy bear that's coming up. Oh, Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ. The soundtrack's what got me. Yes, that's very true. The, I mean, a lot of people talk about how greatly animated this movie is, but most people really tend to overlook the sound. Oh, no. The sound, the sound is, is fantastic. It's one of the most uh, iconic sound, uh, soundtracks of all time. Yes. Yes, indeed. Especially um, for, you know, the otaku yeah. uh, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, that teddy bear. Like, if you, if anyone back home uh, sleeps with one, might want to just stick his ass in the closet for tonight after watching this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he stuffed cars, damned. too. And he stuffed cars. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. Now, uh, this... Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, this Esper is number 27, mm-hmm. I believe? Okay. <clears throat> and she's kind of... Oh, no, she's 25. The, uh... She's 25. Oh, 25, okay. It's, it's, it's really easy to get this. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I I totally missed that. Um, but uh, yeah, she's kind of foretelling what's a, um, the the destruction that's coming that's going to be at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, so and they so they these so they kind of like Doctor Manhattan, um, yeah. where they can kind of see past, present, and future all simultaneously. Each of them have but... different powers. She's okay. Pretty yeah. Um... 26, I think, is the uh, the dude who was uh, originally got t- uh, kidnapped and tried to get out. He, ha- he has mm-hmm. uh, telekinesis. Yes, that I and remember. 27, I'm not sure what his power is, but he's very powerful as well. Okay. So, there's so, many, so the much orig- going on in this film that's not always explained. It's really hard to pick it all out. Yeah, that's actually probably one of the main reasons why after the first couple of times watching this movie, I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going with this. I, granted, this is really, I know this is really great and all, but what? <laughs> now, there's a sequence in the game Half-Life where they had one of these uh, descending platforms. And I, yes. I would not be surprised if it was inspired by this. 
Oh my god, you're totally right. Like this is straight out of Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah, Ang Lee's Hulk, Half Life, uh, number of different ideas. Uh, in the Dark Knight Rises, where um, they go down to the reactor core, mm-hmm. like yeah, totally. And then of course uh, this shot with the elevator. I mean, you know, uh, this was definitely well not not as well done as here. Mm-hmm. Look at um, all the, certainly look at the kind layers. Of, look at all the layers in the background there. Every yeah. one of those have been hand painted. Just for not that to sequence. mention DC, you can even see the detail in each of the exactly. windows. That is a phenomenal work right there. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't stop from talking about that. There was actually no, there was no, a, there was absolutely. An where they uh, tried to get as many of the original pieces of artwork back together just to show the level of detail that this movie had and how dense it gets. Yes. Um, I didn't um, name the exhibition, unfortunately, because I obviously didn't do any research for this this uh, contract, but. It, it, it was uh, very popular because it, the movie still resonates to this day. I mean, we were talking about stuff that's happening today that's very similar to this. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the, that's really the crazy part because, um, especially having you here, because you were there when it kind of came mm-hmm. out. So you had um, what the future was perceived as today. Um, and then now you're seeing that future fully realized as it is now. Um, it's this is a great perspective to have, mm-hmm. honestly. Like I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, but yeah, and also the other thing that I kind of made me think of that uh, that beautiful elevator shot. It was done kind of similarly, but nowhere near to the great extent um, that it was. Uh-huh. But it also reminded me of the opening of uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah. Which of course, you know, another really great inspiration. Um, I really got to do that that uh, that movie some other time maybe next yeah. year um because <laughs> uh, i've got a couple other things planned for all you listeners back home it's going to be a little bit japan kind of J- japan animation inspired yeah. kind of theme going on for this month but uh anyway <clears throat> uh i believe this is uh that's the original um place where they have all the what's left of akira yeah, it's not really explained at the yeah. time they just that's sort of the that, that's ground zero that they've used ground yes. zero to store it, but they never say what it is until later mm-hmm. in the film, obviously. Um, and you don't really know too much about Akira you himself. You never know the damn thing about Akira. Not in the movie. The, the manga uh, well, I mean, goes towards the end. Much. In the manga, he actually comes back. Oh, he actually okay. interesting. He builds himself like Dr. Manhattan from uh, The Watchmen. And, to, and oh. Tetsu becomes his, his most loyal uh, uh, subject and right-hand man. Interesting. And then essentially, you have a fight between Kyrie, not Kyrie, uh, this chick. What's her name? Ah, um, uh, names. Yeah. But 25, <laughs> 25, 26, and 27 essentially give her all of their power. And she goes up against Tetsuro and Akira. Plus, there's. Uh, with what? With all the powers that they had. Okay. Plus, there is another character that you don't see until later on. She's a very short cameo. Um, that was a much major, much more major character in the in the, in the manga, uh, who mm-hmm. has the same powers as twenty five, twenty six, and twenty seven. She just managed to escape, and she wow. actually forms a religious cult. Wow! Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought I came prepared for this episode, but <laughs> clearly you're the expert here. I'm not an expert, <laughs> man. I, I, if I had been an expert, I would have reread the damn manga again. But it takes like a, a week and a half of straight. Oh, reading. I can imagine. Like what was it? Uh, I believe it was six part, full parts. Like eight, and they're thick. Whew. 
I, I had I yeah. had the original um, American releases for the first ten episodes, or ten issues at one point. Uh, Marvel okay. Comics had an imprint called Epic, and they were for more for their mature or creator owned uh, properties. And they actually got the rights to do the entire Akira in English. And they actually, wow. and the original Akira was actually all uh, black and white. They went in and they recolored it with digital. And it actually looks really good. Hmm. Um, but I had the original 10, and then I kind of fell off comic book writing because Hidden Realms closed and uh, there's no other comic book shops in the town. But it was pretty cool. I might have to get you the rest for like Christmas or you something. You don't have that kind of money, man. Oh, yeah, really? We're talking at least 200 bucks. Oh, all, all the God. books, yeah. I already have them on my computer. I'm perfectly happy with that. Oh, okay, that's well, that's yeah. good. I'm going to have to give them a read because I'm pretty sure I stole that from you, yeah, you uh, at one point or you, another. You acquired them. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. <clears throat> I, I, yeah, if I, if I ever get uh, an, like a tablet or something, I, I'll pop those on and get give it a read because mm-hmm. that sounds really fascinating because. Yeah, like I said, when we watch this movie, there's like almost no exposition. And then there's this, this motherfucker who just sort of shows up. Yeah, he is like uh, he he's like in this movie. He's in this movie for this one scene. He's he's in the movie and he gets killed later on. He dies. He he's yes. like the uh, he's sort of the head of the revolution. Oh, look but he's, at, yeah, I'm, look at the background. I'm sorry, but look at the building. The building in the background, uh-huh. how it's moving in perspective. Yeah. And that's yeah, just that's all for the, one shot, less than two minutes, two seconds. But no, yes. this guy, uh, he's leading the revolution, but he's also just doing it for his own, his own power-hungry nature. And yeah, the guy on the right like is, uh, actually believes, I think his name's Roy. He actually mm-hmm. believes in the revolution. There, this guy, uh, uh, on the right-hand side, the one rubbing the beans together. Yes. Much more, uh, um, much more major character in the, in the manga. Oh, yes. really? Wow. So a lot of these major characters only kind of get reduced down to cameos, yeah. right? Like the, the, like well, the head I mean, clown and Kaneda end up teaming up near the end of the manga because they both well, they for, put their, their differences aside to help fight Tetsuo and Akira. Yeah, and well, honestly, for like a two-hour movie, that actually thematically makes sense. Oh, yeah. When because um, if you are doing a series, then by all means, flesh out those characters. But if you've Ooh. got a, like a two-hour runtime, you really have to stick to like a couple of characters I just and had a thought. stick to that. And, I just had that? a thought. What's that? Wouldn't it be awesome if like HBO or Amazon Prime or Netflix funded a miniseries of Akira, the actual manga? See now that's a remake we I go. would go with. That is a fucking remake I would go for. <laughs> Get Katsuhari Otomo back on board, let him do his thing. There's fat Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, you t- bring me pictures of Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Someone's actually saying, why is there not a game? Like Pokemon Go, where you're running around in a town and you're taking pictures of Spider. You have to find pictures of Spider-Man fighting things, and you send it to J. Jonah Jameson for points. Oh my God, we need to make an app for that. We'll make so much yeah. money. Anyway, no. Um, of course, you know we'd probably get sued by by Disney or Sony or whoever yeah. owns Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that um, Netflix or, or, or Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is the one that's going to put up the money right now. Because yeah, all well, series coming out. Uh, well, Netflix is definitely putting up like a lot of money at this yeah. point, and they would, and for their business model, if you've yeah, read it's prune recently, face in the background. Like, they would. What's that prune face in the background from uh, oh. from uh, Dick Tracy, I swear. 
it does kind of look like that. Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, Netflix wouldn't be uh, wouldn't do it because there was another. Uh, I think it, the series is actually called Cyberpunk, hmm. and the aesthetic is very similar. Is that to Bernie Carbon or whatever it called or something like that? I have no clue. Because there's a, there's a cyberpunk series they've got. I think it's called Burning Burning uh, Carbon. I think that might be what Something it is. Carbon. I don't know. I've I've only I've I've only heard like uh, rumblings and rumors about it, but I hear it's uh, exactly got this kind of Blade Runner Akira aesthetic going on for yeah. it. Um, and I hear it's really really fantastic. And I just I just never had like uh, the time or the uh, uh, the memory or whatever you want to call it to pursue the inclination. it. Um, but uh, yeah, and as we can see, the cur- the colonel is not having any of this shit. Like, he ain't, he's not gonna give in to the greed. He's like uh, Nick Fury, the Avengers. I have heard your decision. I've decided it's a dumbass decision. Uh, that's a uh, the, I acknowledge that the council has made a decision, but since that's a stupid ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. Exactly. Oh my god, the detail on those buildings. Yeah, here comes that sequence. Like, can you imagine getting your hands on some of the cells and just trying to look closely and see how much detail they oh, managed god, to put yeah. in? amazing because i actually want to know how big those cells would be because i'd imagine they're like um uh like the size of the uh a gym wall well the cells themselves are um you know the standard disney size you know eight and a half by 11 maybe a little larger but oh no kidding backgrounds are um a lot more uh detailed and they are Here's that stupid dream sequence that scared the shit out of Oh, me. I know. This, this is the probably the craziest, weirdest part of the movie. Yeah. Um, and for all the visuals that we've seen, that's going to be saying something. I don't um, even want to say anything. I just want to let people suffer through this. <laughs> well, I mean, what can you really say about it other than, like, did we just pop in Pink, wa- Pink Floyd's The Wall by accident? Because <laughs> it gets psychedelic, we're, we're both Oh, my God. Can you imagine watching this, this just this sequence? Forget the rest of the movie, but just pop in this movie. Fast forward to this, you know, the dream sequence we're about to see and drops all the shrooms. No, no I don't want to. I, I don't. No. No. That's just a big old, big old international sign for no. <laughs> This is why I've never, this this is why I've never done hallucinogenics. I know what my, my subconscious looks like. I do not want to read it while I can. <laughs> I imagine it, actually, I imagine it's going to be look a lot like this. It depends on how bad my dreams are. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so here, okay, so here we go. Where um, Tetsuo really starts to question his stand. This just nope, nope. This nope. is a nightmare I have had. <laughs> oh no kidding i was being stalked like, by, an, by a, 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 a raggedy and doll to this day i still don't like raggedy and dolls oh hey wait a minute weren't that wasn't that teddy bear a, like a lot bigger like almost the size of his head yeah remember this is the this Weird. is the uh, 25 26 and 27 trying to fuck with him yeah that's right because they're like these are not actually yeah, these have... are not actually the, the toys this is him messing around this is now they're pulling them together using the telekinesis from everything in the building, everything in the area, and creating that goddamn teddy bear. That, that sh- Jesus Christ. It doesn't really, oh God, it doesn't really help that they underlight it, you know, do the Dutch lighting kind of thing that they yeah. do in, you know, gothic horror cinema. But, oh, uh, uh, see yeah. I can't tell you where this is going. I don't know what he's oozing, but I don't want to know. Like I said, I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. 
<laughs> uh, just no. All the and then oh, the Lego blocks are a really cool thing. Yeah. That's 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 pretty, dude. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised uh, the Batman animators didn't rip off any of this for uh, any of their Riddler sequences. They might have ripped it off of the uh, Mad Hatter or Scarecrow. They might have, because, oh, look at all that cum. I think it's actually supposed to be milk. Cause that's what oh, they, that's what yeah, the kids you know, drink, yeah, he it? says it right there. Yeah, it's they milk. Drink, the kids drink a lot of milk. Because they're kids. They're supposed to drink milk, so they get big and strong. Even though they don't, because they're old wise and prunes. Wasn't that extra, like, oh. a thing that was extra reinforced in Japan? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's actually, oh. Ow. There's, a great, ser- there's a great series on YouTube called Japanology, which covers mm-hmm. a different, each episode covers a different aspect of uh, Japanese culture. And they talk about how uh, before Admiral Perry forced the opening of the, of the Japanese shores, that they ate a lot of fish, vegetables, they didn't eat milk, uh, anything like that. So when the Americans basically rolled in with their big guns and said, open up or fuck you, um, the Japanese wholeheartedly embraced a Western diet, which included milk. It mm-hmm. also included... I know they're also big on root... Uh, especially Okinawa was big on root beer. Yeah, they're really big on root beer. Uh, they're big on whiskeys. They're big on fried chicken. They love fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. now the, now it's like a, uh, a holiday thing for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's actually a holiday for, for, uh, for Christmas. Um, but uh, they're really huge into curry. Um, oh, okay. Curry is yes, massive I, I, I remember right. Mostly because of the British Navy. It's a long story. It's not a story for your for this content. I'm trying. Yeah. Look at it. Google it, people. Because yeah. there's so much there's so much wonderful culture to be discovered on the internet. I would love to go to Japan. Um, really, I would. Oh, that, that, well, see, I, first thing I would say to people is um, uh, just travel there and figure find the, this stuff in person because yeah, that's the real way to do it. Unfortunately, though, not all of us can inter, um, afford international it flights. It's expensive unless you save up a lot of money. I got a, I got, a, I got a buddy of, of mine over there, uh, uh, my friend, uh, fuck, what's his name? Yuki. Yuki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend Yuki. He is in Japan. And it was actually really fascinating to go to an anime con with him. Because he was a student at BJSU for a couple of years. And he wanted to go to an anime con. See what the, uh, the uh, stupid fat Americans thought about, about, about Japan. <laughs> and he was so was... uncomfortable. Oh, really? He's like looking around going, your country has completely fetishized a small portion of my culture. I mean... I love baseball. I love basketball. I, 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 that's what I get into. You guys are going after the weird shit that the otaku that hide in their rooms for weeks and then go after. <laughs> well, yeah, we like it. We we like weird. Yeah, but we all but we're all you know. There, look, not all of us are weird. We, there are still idiots who, out there who um, tailgate and sit out for three hours for a baseball or a basketball yeah. or a football game. No, so that, we we have them here. It's just you're in the wrong spot for it. Well, I, well I'm like, it has been fun because every once in a while he contacts me. He teaches English in Japan now. It's his job. No kidding, right and on. He uses Scooby Doo to do. Oh, it. oh what he uses now? Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. No so kidding. So every once in a while, when he gets like you know, um, when they say like "far out man" or some um, uh, you know English phrase that he doesn't understand, he contacts me and I have to explain it to him. 
<laughs> like, how do you explain groovy? I don't know. Okay, it means cool. It means nifty. God, this yeah. is a good shot too. This yeah. whole sequence with the flying uh, the flying uh, bicycles or whatever they call them, the hu- or the uh, the drones. The no, those are people ride those. Those, are, those aren't drones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about the. It's like a hover cycle, I guess. <clears throat> I haven't seen this movie in so long. I'm forgetting yeah. a lot drones of it. Drones weren't really um, a big thing back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Ah, she's fine, lazy. Yep. <clears throat> and Vuj, man. Di- I don't know what that thing's powered by. Oh, I really dig the helmet, yeah. though. That's a kick-ass helmet. Um, but, uh, yeah, here she is. April O'Neil standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's it's the yellow. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, uh, although, uh, you mentioned something earlier about uh, um, there being a connection to uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? No. I'm... The, the guy, wasn't it? Oh, the, Leonardo. The who, yeah, uh, Leonardo. The voice actor of Leonardo, I think his name is Cam Clark. Hold on, let me take a look here. But yeah, he voices Leonardo on one of the TMNT animated series, of which, if I did my research, I don't know if it's the exact same series, but they also do the... Yeah, Cam Clark. Kaneda. Yeah, they also do the Kaneda Akira bike slide, which is I thought was kind of really funny. So... Now I believe, um, at le- or at least the version that um, I'm watching is uh, the uh, the 2001 re like English dub re release yeah. with uh, the new sound of- with the the new 5.1 sound and whatnot. Um, I was really surprised who directed the this this dub. Oh really? Apparently, I I, um, I forget the guy's um, actually uh, uh, the guy's name were um, uh, Ver- oh, oh shit, hang on. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, uh, Conrad Vernon and, uh, Cody Cameron, okay. who total coincidence, they are the voices of, uh, uh, Jinji and Pinocchio in the, th- in the Shrek film. Huh. And get this, do you know what else they directed? They later worked on, I shit you not, the Emoji movie. Oh my freaking gosh. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. You know what? <laughs> to go from Akira to that. One thing I have learned like, about a lot of actors and actresses in Hollywood, a lot of directors, yeah. you go where the money is. Yeah, you kind of do. Sell, you have to sell your dignity sometimes. I mean, um, what was it? Michael Caine won an Oscar the same year he started Jaws for the Revenge. <laughs> That's so true. And is, he's like, I've never seen Jaws Revenge, but I've seen the house that bought it, and it is lovely. <laughs> and Dennis Hopper, when he made Super Mario Brothers, the movie, that, that abysmal flick with John Leguizamo and uh, Bob yes. Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, yeah. His five-year-old son said, Daddy, why did you make this movie? <laughs> and Dennis Hopper says, oh, well, sweetheart, I wanted to make sure you had shoes. I, I, you have afford you good shoes. And his son looked him square in the eye and says, I don't need shoes that badly. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. yes, there is a lot of times when that... I'm sorry, Patrick Stewart played a turd in the emergency movie. Yeah, that's very true. Hammond. That's another really this great case. King Lear. This is a man who's played, you know, Scrooge, uh, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. He is one of the most yep. celebrated actors of, of, of the past generation, and he was in a no fucking ma- emoji movie. 
So yeah, awards, yes. uh, knighthood, all those. And apparently, like, he had a great time like, doing it. He enjoyed himself. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, the movies are gonna suck sometimes. You know, there are films when the movies you, you can't fix an approach. It just doesn't happen. You know this. No. Um, yes. Oh my god, that that bear. Go enough with the damn bear already. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's, and that car, like you know, remember that? It actually reminds me of uh, the cars from um, uh, Braver Little Toaster. Oh, that, yeah, that one I really do want to go in the compactor because Jesus fuck. <laughs> I stopped watching the movie. I was just telling the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just like looking at that car. I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> um, now, if, uh, for, now uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, the kid. Um, in the uh, the hover chair, he he actually can't walk, can no. he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he just kind of professor professor X's around. Right. And now Tetsuo right is starting on. to understand the power he has, and he has no control over it. But it's like it's really cool, like what we say with Chronicle, and, and yes. uh, a couple of other movies like Hancock. Yes, that's another good one, a good example. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, tropes that this movie kind of invented. Isn't there like you know the the famous moment where like the superpowered being who doesn't quite know what's going on or whatnot mm-hmm. is surrounded by it comes through a do- it comes out of a uh, breaks down a door and then there's a bunch of men with guns and he just goes through them like with like they're nothing yeah like the, you see that a lot in uh, movies um, actually I just uh, for today for this movie I also decided to check out the movie Lucy mm-hmm. uh, with Scarlett Johansson right. and. Wasn't as many uh, similarities to this movie that I thought there would be, but still, like again, it still has that trope of you know the person with the exponential power uh, walking through a door, and there's a bunch of guys with guns, and just walks through them like they're nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also here, Tetsuo is really trying to um, up the ante on the power, and turns out he's standing his own against the three of them, yeah. which is really something to be said. <clears throat> um, and God, can you imagine being the colonel walking in on this? Yeah. Being like, you kids cut that out. He's like, you do realize you're talking to something, to a being that is more powerful than a thermonuclear weapon right now, yeah. right? That actually kind of takes a, a bit of balls, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but as like the professors here is telling him, he's not fully matured yet. So, God, can you imagine if, the, if it wasn't a child who had this kind of power? He's like... He's basically having superhero puberty. Yeah, we, yeah, which um, uh, I can kind of, you know, may, I wonder if Smallville did a lot of that because I know that uh, when they pitched that to the WB that um, it, they said it was going to be Superman, but his but his puberty is superpowers. Huh. Yeah, which I always thought was a really interesting take on on Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, Tetsuo kind of dons his own Superman look when he gets the red cape going that's true yeah um i want again i wonder if that was i i I really wonder if they were actually deliberately uh um referencing superman and that sort of thing i'm I'm like 90 percent there i don't think they they were referencing superman they were just referencing you know capes in general i mean there is something like the the superhero iconography of the red cape iconography of just you know looking very strong and, and stalwart in a cape right Right. And then, oh shit, he just shattered the glass. Um, seriously, uh, 
I'm I'm actually kind of shocked they don't just trank him. Yeah. You know, because look, I know he has like tele telekinesis going on and whatnot, but uh, yeah. oh. shoot him in the dark he for is... sakes. Yeah. Then again, with that much uh, drugs he's been on in his life, maybe the reason mm -hmm. why he's not he's not reacting so well to the control drugs. I mean, that you know, honestly, here's the, here's the thing. I'm an ex-alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a drunk. I'm an ex-drunk. You know, alcoholics yes. go to meetings, um, but painkillers don't work very well on me because of this. My body is trained to deal with alcohol and the same kind of pain deadening um, uh, properties alcohol does. So does things like aspirin, ibuprofen, and trimadol. They don't work very well on me because of this. Huh. So I'm thinking maybe the drugs, because he's been, he's, you know, been flying on all the street drugs, that the control drugs the kids use to help them protect their power aren't working on him as well. That that might explain mm -hmm. it. Oh man. See, this is so much more interesting now that I have this kind of perspective. <laughs> <laughs> You're making this episode like way better than it has any right to be. <laughs> All right, so can uh are finally uh got in to find Tetsu and bust him out of here. Yeah, because he uh, which he is... still sees Tetsu as the kid he has to rescue. As he yeah. said. And Tetsu is like, Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? And he's like, dude, you got some serious balls to break into this place. Yeah. Just like, how? You don't have superpowers. How did you do that? Um, so And of course, you know, because uh, Tetsuo is just... Because uh, you can tell these... Uh, um, just by their attitude and whatnot, mm -hmm. you can tell these kids have just really grown up on the streets and have always struggled in that sort of thing. So it's really kind of scary to see his character yeah. gain power. Yeah. Because you know he's just because because he just doesn't know any better, and he knows all the wrong things from life. He's cho he chooses to do all the wrong things with yeah. it. Yeah, well, he's never had that. He's never been the leader. He's always been the follower. Suddenly, he's got yes, the power. He can actually completely you know turn the tables it, on the Canada. And Canada's not very exactly. Happy, no, no, he's not. Because I mean, he's tired of being in the shadow and everything. Mm. Um, and again, that's uh, a theme that definitely carries over into Chronicle because. You know, because even though in that one, three of them gets uh, equal superpowers, um, one of them is just, he's always been like the kid that was picked on and always not in the limelight. And now that he actually has power and he has the obsession to keep practicing it to the point where he's far superior to the others. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it gets really, really scary to what happens to his psyche. Yeah. Um, and then this effect that I thought was really cool where he, uh, like neon is surrounding him and that sort of thing. Uh, so and now I figure out that he can freaking fly. Yeah. I do this too. Uh, you can fly. You can fall. Yeah, you're doing a pretty good job falling there, big dog. Yeah, yeah. That's not flying. That's falling with style. <clears throat> so now the kids are getting back together and figuring out how the hell they're going to take him out because. Um, he's he's gaining a lot of power even for uh, what they have. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, it's, so it did, actually, does he become like far more powerful than the other uh, uh, the other espers? Yeah. Okay. Because um, mm -hmm. I know Akira is like the one that is truly like the one that is the most powerful. Yeah. Like he's like a, a more like a 
What's it's a long ass movie. <laughs> Well, where are we right now? We are at the one hour and six, one hour and six minutes. Yeah. Uh, so we're about halfway through. Yeah. Um, I may need to take a break. Uh, I have to take the dog out. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really. Um... Oh, if I, if, where's my train of thought? <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy how this movie has so little exposition. Yeah. Because uh, you would think there would be a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. But then again, it was, I, I'm guessing it was just advertised to a lot of the people that, um, or a lot of the people who had already read the manga. Well, they've been reading of the manga. I mean, the manga was, like I said, still, still ongoing. Mm-hmm. So this way they could see how the movie is actually, how the manga was supposed to end, and then he completely changed it. Well, speaking of which, apparently, um, the movie, um, how it was ended, or the, uh, yes. the manga ended came mm-hmm. from a conversation that Tomo had with Alejandro Jodorowsky. Get the hell out. He had great difficulty completing the manga. Tomo has stated the inspiration for its conclusion arose from a conversation that had with Alejandro uh, Jodorowsky in 1990. Get the hell out. Oh my God. I can only imagine what he would have done to this movie. Yeah. Like if he did... Okay. Can you at least admit... If you do get a live action animated movie, would would it be acceptable if that if Yodorowsky got his hands on it? Oof. I don't know, man. It's pretty cool though. With all the money in the world too. Yeah. Like if he actually had the money and backing to do do it and the creative freedom to do whatever the hell he wants. Because yeah. honestly, like I'm pretty sure it's gonna be radically different, much to similar to what he's done on Dune. Mm-hmm. Um or what he had in mind for Dune anyway. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, if it's even if it's radically different from the manga or the film or anything, I'm okay with that because it, it, so long as because I really you're just here to tell like a really great story, you know. I am gonna have to pause it for a minute, okay? Uh, well, you just uh, just keep the movie rolling. I'll keep uh, I'll keep, oh, keep okay, it going. Cool. So no no problem. I, I shall um, but any yeah because well. Dan there back there has like a uh, stu- uh, the dog to take out. Yeah, I have a sweet puppy dog. He's got legs crossed and looking at me funny. Yep, don't want the dog to be doing the dance, especially for an- another full hour. Um, but uh, that dog is really cute, little little chorizo, <laughs> as as uh, as I like to call it. So now we're back in the bar and. Uh, uh, and again, I really love the 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 background design of this sort of thing, like the the dirt and the grime and everything, uh, just really fantastic. <clears throat> and of course, you know, the they're still kind of uh, in this little little gang war between their two bit their two uh, their two factions going on. And oh shit, that's yep, he's dead. So, and of course, Tetsu is just there. Jesus Christ! What? That's that's a hell of a thing to run, run into. Take all the pills. Well, yeah, he killed him. Isn't that kind of obvious? I mean, he's he's kind of got his golem stance there. Oh man, 
See, this is what happens when one of the co-hosts goes away for a little bit. I'm just on my own. But uh, that's okay. I'm still here to keep you folks entertained as best as I can. Um, so now he's asking for a Canada's bike. And um, yeah, I really wouldn't mind a copy of that bike. And I know Dan's not here at the moment, but um, I'm totally jealous of the bike that he has on his uh, on his shelf. Maybe if I ask real nice when he listens to this later, he'll get me one as a Christmas present or something. Uh, this part really kind of screwed me up, honestly, because, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you folks back there listening are like, um, have been the kid that you were, that was picked on in, in school and whatnot. And, you know, it's, you know, when you look back at that person that you were and you and imagine giving that person like unbelievable amounts of power, that's. It's kind of a scary thought looking back at the person that you once were and giving them the power to actually fight back. It It's kind of scary how far you, you can take it, but that's really just humanity and everything. And I do like the little, uh, this little, <clears throat> this little talk here about evolution. A lot of this movie kind of is about evolution. Now more than ever, I guess. I mean, I mean, now would be the great, a really great time to watch this movie because you know, 2019. Um, no, I keep sounding like a broken record when I do that, but yeah, it's, it's still kind of true. Um. But uh, well, maybe because I, I, it really is kind of scary just how uh, how like this movie is like th this movie is pointing in a direction like the universe is uh, almost at a closing point here, or at least our, like our world. And Akira really is kind of like the uh, the epitome of hum like evolution. Oh, you know, now that I think about it, because as you folks listened earlier before, um, I did watch Lucy uh, earlier in the day just to be like, I haven't really seen it, and so I decided to pop it in because I heard that there were a lot of because you know it's Luke Benson's and he's like the real comic guy, like you know he did Fifth Element and Valerian City of the Thousand Planets. Um, and I decided to check that out because, you know, it's another about another being that's um, evolving to, you know, something higher and higher. Uh, although the, uh, um, the, uh, the way that they're presented is a lot different, obviously. Um, I mean, you know, spoilers for Lucy. I mean, if you want to check it out, she, she basically turns into a, a cosmic flash drive. <laughs> Um, before exist, like, uh, <laughs> before disappearing into nothing. Um, whereas, uh, this one is more like a super powered showdown and, uh, before turning into nothing. Um, although in Lucy, they have like access to all her 
thoughts and knowledge and whatnot. And, and here he just kind of goes into another stasis of being of the universe. Um, almost, almost kind of, but not really in the same way that, uh, um, ends uh, how the ending of 2001 ends it's kind of on the same nose kind of <clears throat> oh man the the detail on the screens man it's nuts a lot of the, the these overhead shots with uh the city and whatnot just constantly make me think of uh batman the animated series Well, folks, whenever Dan decides to come back, I actually got to ask if uh, they uh, um, did the same sort of dark deco kind of thing with uh, this movie. Um, and if you don't know what dark deco is, um, dark deco is basically where uh, the animators take a black piece of paper and then they paint on the, uh, the light on it. So... Um, the shadows are just much deeper and richer and adds like a huge level of atmosphere. And it's really what gave um, Batman the Animated Series that look. But uh, I'm, I'm watching this movie and I see a lot of uh, uh, backgrounds that feel like that dark deco style. I mean, maybe they uh, drew over it um, and filled in the, just really filled in these deep, rich blacks. Maybe they... Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's where, uh, you know, Bruce Tim and Alan Burnett, on, who worked on Batman, uh, got the idea. I don't know. Um, I'll have to look that up. Because, like we said before, a lot of this movie was done by the same uh, animated, or the uh, the company that was done by it. And, oh, shit. This is, this is where they wrecked the bike. Oh, that beautiful bike gone up in smoke. Uh, I actually wonder if uh, if anyone's actually made that bike. It'd be freaking cool. Because I know I've I know I've seen the Ghost Rider bike for real. Uh, I've seen Captain America's. Oh, doing a little Jesus walk there. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I haven't seen the actual Akira bike uh, in real life. Closest that's come to that was in uh, Spielberg's Re uh, Ready Player One that came out last year. They had um, uh, Artemis uh, race around on that in the opening sequence on uh, Tetsuo's bike. But And now we... Oh, I hear Dan has finally returned. So... Hi. Hello. So, I <laughs> uh, just kind of made me feel like, wow, this is exactly the reason why I never would do this show alone. <laughs> Ever. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's cool. Like I get it. Like you don't want the the dog doing the the dirty dance for more than an hour. Yeah, frankly, she had, she had, um, but she had uh, to do a I dump did... all day, so she had to do it finally. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I was uh, just talking about is. Um, I noticed uh, there was like a lot of uh, night shots of Neo Tokyo and a lot of people being rounded up and whatnot. Um, there were cute, a uh, couple hel overhead helicopter shots and you see some really great views of the city. And it just really reminded me of uh, Batman, the animated series. And I'm like, did they do the dark deco before the dark deco? Cause 
Um, no, definitely inspired I mean, by it. Because granted, I know that a lot of the movie was you know done by the same people who would eventually work on Batman. Well, I knew that the but, dark, Batman uh, was inspired very heavily by the Pleasure Studios Superman forties. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if it was also heavily inspired by the, the visuals of Akira. Mm-hmm. Well, my my point, the thing is, though, there were a couple of shots that felt so close to that mm-hmm. that I'm wondering if they actually did do the dark deco technique. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually drew it on dark paper, um, black paper in order Christ. to get those. Um, I don't know, maybe, like, would you know more about that? Or? Not really, unfortunately. Okay, because... Because some of them, I would not be surprised if they did. Yeah. Um, also, you missed that uh, the bike was destroyed. Mm. Yeah, which, uh, which um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually kind of shocked that there isn't like a real life version of that bike lying around somewhere. You see, there's not. I've seen numerous of them. Oh, they're they're so yeah, builders have made yeah, them. Go to Google and just type in real life Akira bike, you'll find it. Sweet, because I know it. Um, it made an appearance in uh, Ready Player oh, One. Oh, obviously. And that was the only one version of it that I've seen, but I haven't seen the actual one. See, yeah. now I'm gonna look it up and Google it and be like, "Can I get it, please, yeah. please?" And then this is the sequence <laughs> when uh, you got uh, Roy just had the uh, the leader of the revolution betray him. He saw he saw yes. what it actually was, and uh, then they're gonna see the craziness that's about to happen. Everyone's like, "Oh, yep. I, you know what the heck's going on? Oh my God, there's actual violence." Yeah, we're about to. This is where uh, Tetsuo is gonna come out and really fuck some shit up, man. Uh-huh. Like this is see, this is the point where uh, um, he unleashes his full attack. This is the power. hero anti-hero um, stroll he's doing right there. Mm-hmm. It's really, I, I um, it's really nuts how like Tetsuo has become not just the antagonist but he's also the protagonist mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of um movies that can really successfully do that very i, don't, I really can't think of a whole lot of protagonist antagonists things off the top of my head well honest, i mean although i, I can i can already he, honestly like, uh um, now Roy batty in uh, blade runner he's an antagonist but he's also the protagonist he really he's right yeah well I was, I, I was just about like to say i'm like oh god i'm eating my own words right now because i can already hear i already even before we posted this i can already hear the comments like there's all these little there's this one there's this one like you fucking idiot like yeah yeah you can bite my entire hairy slovak ass (laughs) bite my shiny metal ass this full-on bender yeah um Oh shit! Wait, he—he's not. Yeah, he—he's uh, not dead yet. He's about—he's he's having a away with all his money. Because he's short, he's rodent-like, and he's not worked out. And some of mm-hmm. he's trying to run all this money around. Even his face looks like a fucking rat. Yeah, I think that's that's intentional, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So and now he's just. Uh, that's actually a really great shot. How the uh, the wind is uptaking all of his money. Yeah. Bury me with my money. <laughs> Sorry, it was a video game called Sunset Riders I used to play. That was one ah. of the, uh, the bad guys, and he beat him. He's like, bury me with my money. <laughs> well, that, with that amount, he could be buried in the money. Yeah. Of course, what's good? What's 
What's money good for if you're not around to spend it? What's money good for if there's nothing, there's no uh, oh, world man, that's, around. And there's Roy. That's, Roy is just, a, he's the, literally the walking dead at this moment. His entire yeah. world has been destroyed. He's just literally, he's literally going on instinct at this moment. Mm-hmm. Literally watching as the revolution yeah. uh, kicks off at it, but right before his eyes. Yeah, the one he fought so hard for. Yep. And it's all, he discovered it's all for nothing. Mm-hmm. And so now... uh Kyrie. Yep. Who, again, still can't quite get a break. No. <laughs> she's just too short to watch it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, this, this movie is getting... Because you're watching this again. Like, I'm seeing just all the tropes. Mm-hmm. But remember, this movie kind of set, uh, set all those at once. Yeah. It's like I hate to say it's almost like the Citizen Kane of anime. I mean, it, it um, created so many of the tropes that became so popular. I don't know if I'd call it the Citizen Kane. If I had to make that distinction, I'd probably go to. Oh, it was it was the uh, it was another bike. Okay. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, uh, if I had to actually say the Citizen Kane of anime, that's probably gonna go to Hayao Miyazaki's uh, Spirited Away that's just me yeah um, I'd actually go, for, I'd go farther back I would go with some of the work done by uh, uh, what's his name the Godfather of Anime <laughs> looking it up well, um, and he did uh, uh, he did like uh, the Kingdom of White Line uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher this I apologize Asamu Tezuka Okay. I did, uh, you know, uh, um, created uh, Astro Boy, King of the White Lion, Blackjack. Oh, yes. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Because he was was actually, here's the part that can really, you want to piss off an otaku. You tell him that that the Godfather of anime, the guy who basically created how the the look of anime to this day, with Asama Tezuka, was heavily inspired by Disney. Yeah, you would pissed off a lot of otaku. And it's the truth. He was actually a yep. huge fan of, uh, of uh, uh, Disney's work. And actually, mm-hmm. Kubrick was a huge fan of Tezuka's work. He actually asked yes. him to come and work on the uh, when they were making 2001. He wanted to come and be as a visual artist on it. But, which, which now makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, the problem is, is that at the time, he just didn't have the time. Because uh, yeah. Kubrick wanted, to, wanted him to move to England for like three years, and he's like, no. Nah, no. Yeah, there's the uh, religious leader, who, as I said, in the manga is a much, much larger character. Mm-hmm. And here he just gets wiped the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Man, some of the detail on these, uh, um, these military equipment. One thing I do like about this manga, about this anime, yes, they look Japanese. How yeah. many anime are they just look like westernized or uh, Caucasian? They actually look like badass Japanese. Yeah, there's a real distinct style to the way they draw them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know what? I bet if you had, like, say, you know, Bruce Tim uh, draw some just uh, Japanese characters that happen to be in uh, within the Batman animated series or so, something of the like, yeah. they would look a lot like this. Yeah. yeah. 
because um, it's definitely far different than what you would see in, say, a Studio Ghibli film. I just had a great, uh, I just with, had a thought. What's that? During the 2020 opening Olympics, uh, opening ceremonies for the Olympics in Tokyo, yeah. they've got to have some dude dressed as Kudeta pull up on the bike. Uh, they better. <laughs> be they awesome. friggin' better, because this is a little bit too perfect. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, like, hell, even just, like, have a, a few Japanese tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, face them off like that. Oh, you know it'd be really cool if they referenced the uh, the tank uh, the tank man from uh, the uh, the Beijing protest. Oh God, that would and... be uh, that would be a. Oh wait, that no, was... that was after this. That was eighty eight. That was oh God, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, that was during the time period that this movie was set during. That was when the, the movie actually started becoming popular in this country. Huh. But that would be a major. Uh, international incident they may actually have the chinese boycott the uh, olympics at that moment yeah well to be fair there's a lot of people boycotting the olympics at this point yeah i was actually uh, reading an article about a, a, a maker named uh, her nickname is sexy cyborg and mm-hmm. she's a very gorgeous Jap- uh, chinese woman and but she's she's very uh, uh kind of subversive and that's mm-hmm. just trying to show that women women not only just Beautiful women in general can be as equal to men in China, and that's a very subversive idea. You know, she's got to be very careful how she produces her videos; otherwise, she could probably go to jail. And Man, that's China for you. Yeah, unfortunately, I hope that we have no Chinese uh, viewers. Yeah, me too. I don't honestly I hope we don't have any Japanese viewers because I'm sure they're like, "What is wrong with you people?" Well. All things considered, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone's asking uh, America that question right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but yeah, dude, still don't want to try to get too political because I wouldn't even call, I wouldn't knows even, there's enough of I that I wouldn't even call around. himself a, a super villain from a James Bond movie. He's too dumb. Yes, he is. Maybe, maybe, Pen, maybe Pence is the uh, actual super villain. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Jared Kushner, totally. Yeah. He's, as a matter of fact, just so you know how I know that. Because he's the one who actually purchased six six building six 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 downtown New York mm. in the biggest real estate purchase in American history. Oh. Like if he's spending that much to get six 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 in downtown Manhattan, he's and cool. he's and he's one of like in Trump's inner circle. Like yeah. Now, from what I understand, they actually did some actual uh, filming. Some they did some rotoscoping in DC countries. I, I I was about to ask that because uh, the the way the the pipes moved, yeah, it felt uh, like uh, some of it was rotoscoped. I imagine they did a lot of photographic reference, just not so much for the lighting because I feel like the lighting they were so acute, um, so in tune with the way they wanted the movie to be lit mm-hmm. and to the way it wanted to move, um, that they didn't really do a whole lot of photographic reference for light because they wanted a more animation style for that. Yeah. But as far as like movements, like, uh, you know, like the el- crazy electronic movements or some of the smoke or um, the liquids that were moving, mm-hmm. um, I can imagine that they did some photographic research into how it moved. Well, that's just, that's standard for anime, for an- animation yeah. in general. I mean, you go back and look at some of the photographic references that is on Disney's Fantasia. That's yes. one of the earliest uh, things. Like they, they, put a huge pot of oatmeal out and then they boiled it so things are huh. popping and burping and that became the sequence with the lava bo- boiling up in Red Spring. Fascinating. Yeah. 
And see, now that, that smoke looks totally like it was. But, hell, it, I would not be surprised if that was actually rotoscope. Yeah. At least that one shot. Yeah, some of these guys look um, very much rotoscoped. Mm hmm. It almost. It's not. It, it, they, this is rotoscope done well. This is not Ralph Bakshi's rotoscoping. No. I. That is. That's to the Bakshi. point where it's literally just. That, that's <laughs> like just trace and draw. Yeah. Bakshi is one of the worst uh, directors of all time. I don't think. Give a shit who gives a crap about that. Worst, really, one of the worst. For what he, for what he does, no, he's awful. I'm sorry, I have never liked the Bakshi film, uh, except maybe Wizards, and even that's a terrible movie. That's what about Secret of Nim? That was that was uh, Don Bluth. Was it? Yeah. Was it? That was Don Bluth. That was the first movie that Don Bluth made, made after he had a number. Oh, of animals, okay. Him, him and a number of animals, I don't know why I was movie. thinking that. Yeah, Ralph actually no did what... like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Terrible and... Lord of the Rings. He did uh, Fritz the Catch, which is unwatchable. He did Coonskin. He did uh, uh, Cool um, World. Oh god, that was terrible. Um, yeah, uh, American Pop, which actually, yeah. in my opinion, is the best of his movies. It's still a bad movie, but it's, it's the best of his films. Okay, now right here is where we actually get some exposition. Yeah, where you know he's talking about how. Uh, when we captured him, he was subjected to every known bit of science. So he's just a bunch of tubes now. Yeah, this is like the bits and pieces. In the manga, he puts himself back together. Yeah, so, so, again, like you were mentioning, sort of like Dr. Manhattan yeah. does. It kind of happens later in the, in the movie about that, because if you watch uh, when Nakira reforms and takes Tetsuo off to the next dimension, mm-hmm. but it's never really clearly explained. Okay, because, again, this is the most exposition we get in the movie. Yeah. Where we just they're talking about how where we hear the uh, the revelation of Akira's uh, current status, mm. and of course, I mean, we still have an idea that even though um, they say Akira is dead, mm. uh, and that's what his savior has been reduced to, he's he's transcended a body oh, yeah. at this point. And um, I also want to point out, I also want to point out that they were talking about the SOL, the yes, Saturday, the, the, the Saturday Orbital Laser. Yes, I was watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 about the same time this movie came out. So when SOL came up, I was like, "It's the satellite of love." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Although I really love how they managed to, you know, make that acronym work. Like it's also the sun. Yeah. You know, named after like the I forget the. Or it's a shadow. Uh, there is also a shadow of love. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would be very appropriate for how they're going to use that thing. Yeah. Because it's essentially j- just like a giant like uh, laser from, uh, industrial laser from a satellite. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this, uh, but, I love this zapper that he had. This laser cannon. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually called the, uh, believe it or not, it, this, this movie actually has its own internet movie firearms database page. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. It's um, the Araska HLR-12X. Wow, they actually had a name for it and everything, didn't yeah. they? And they point out various guns and such that were used in this film. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of like a, also a standard thing? Because like even on animated films, you'll see property masters. Yeah. And they're the ones that basically just draw them, uh, just the props and all the, the items that the uh, the characters interact with. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how... Um, it's amazing all the things that go into animation because you know what animation ain't for kids and if you haven't realized that by now watching this movie then uh, well, this, is in my, this movie is kind of in my opinion the culmination of the 80s adult anime animation boom I mean 
mean, yeah, we had, I'll take that. We had heavy metal. We had rock and roll. We had Star Chaser, the uh, Legend of Corrin. We had uh, all the Miyazaki films of that time period. Like yeah, Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind, which was absolutely butchered by Orion into Warriors of the Wind. Um, which is another completely different story otherwise, because actually that's what set up uh, when Miyazaki's films are being uh, distributed in the United States by Disney. In yes, his, that I in remember. In his contract, he wrote there would be no cuts. He wanted oh, yeah. And cuts I, we so actually dis- talked about that on the Spirited Away episode, how he sent the, uh, the, uh, the, yeah. the katana. Sent the katana yeah, with that, no cuts. That we, we actually talk, touched on that uh, on the last episode in Spirited Away. That was funny. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite stories. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, now we have a final showdown between Tetsuo and, uh, Taneda, which is just as epic as you would think, man. Like two brothers, um, on a final showdown and, and he doesn't hesitate at all to shoot him. No, he understands how dangerous Tetsuo was. And he also wants to, you know, replay, uh, reestablish himself as the alpha male. Yeah. Which, uh. Is kind of dangerous considering who Tetsuo has become. Yeah. Just blew his arm off. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. His arm is gone. I forgot about that. I, I missed that bit. Yeah. Um, I, some of this stuff was um, kind of presented a little bit weird because I, um, I kept forgetting because, you know, he obviously. Oh, wait. No, his arm's not blown off. It's just uh, you just tagged him. Right. <clears throat> so, and now that light. I believe is uh, um, Akira. No, no, no. That's the uh, uh, Saul. Yeah, Saul, Saul is starting to charge up, Whew. and he hits him, and he's running out of power. Yep. Oh, and see now I'm looking at the satellite because there's a lot of visual references that I'm seeing from Batman the animated series. Yeah. Because um, now I'm thinking of the. Uh, uh, the satellite that Rachel Ghoul uses to like blow up all the Lazarus pits. Oh yeah, and it kind of looks like that. Just it's like the laser, oh, the laser the Joker absconds with in uh, Return of the Joker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's the sequence. Yep. And here comes so, the uh, SOL. Oh, there's this. Yep. There's this gone. Mm-hmm. It's really that's a really interesting like uh, cinematic technique that. Um, like the uh, uh, the the impact or the when you really want to exaggerate the pain, yeah, um, you make the blood more bright mm-hmm. and more striking as a color, um, and when it's a little bit more trivial, you make it more or uh, diluted and uh, darker. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting technique. I don't think I've seen that before in any other movie. Yeah. And interestingly enough, his costume's red. Which, no, I, I actually wanted, because, you know, that's, like, got to be a, uh, a choice, you know? Because, um, like you said, they're both fighting for uh, the, uh, the dominance of alpha male. Yeah. And so they both don the color of red. Like, they're fighting for the same position. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe that maybe that's one of the reasons why Tattoo wears a cape, a red cape, is to sort of symbolize because that's that's Canada's writing letters. Yeah, maybe it's it's an unconscious by the, the uh, art department, but it's a possibility. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a really great way of uh, looking. You know, adding another dimension to the the fight mm-hmm. is, you know, they're um, 
cracked mirrors of each other, so yeah. they kind of wear the same colors. They're they're literally, you know, literally like they're members of the same gang wearing the same colors but fighting against each yeah. other. Like it just adds to the uh, um, the almost trivial nature to their fight. Mm-hmm. They're just beating each other up because they can. Yeah. And even though they're leveling, like, all of Neo-Tokyo to do it. Yeah. And, it's, and uh, you know, I would think uh, Kaneda would just, like, fold already since the uh, 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 Tetsuo is about to drop a fucking satellite on his head. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if someone were... It's it's kind of like the uh, the Iron Man and Thanos rule. Yeah. Like when you when Thanos throws a moon at you, maybe it's best to stop now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it should just be like, nah. I'll let y'all have this one. I feel bye. Yeah, I always felt sorry for this little bike. Mm-hmm. Little bike just like fuck it, I can't take this. Dude, the way that was so, the animation on that was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know now the um, the espers have an idea of when he reaches uh, um, a critical point, they wanted to reach out and uh, to bring him to, I guess, the light side. Yeah, I, that's not really the way I want to uh, put it in terms of light and dark because this movie's a lot more nuanced than oh, that. Oh, it's god, yeah, it's much more nuanced. Um, but I guess. Uh, I guess they're going to show him, like, what the universe really is. Mm-hmm. And when he understands that, he realizes that all the stuff that he's doing is really oh, yeah. trivial and pointless and stupid. Yeah. Another thing that's interesting is the professor, he looks at the uh, espers as almost like beloved pets. But at the same time, he would not be uh, adverse to break them apart and see, make, see what makes them work. The colonel does care about them. He cares about the younger experts, and he does honestly want to stop Tetsuo. Mm-hmm. But let's say he's doing. He, he knows he has to kill Tetsuo because if he doesn't, then Tetsuo is going to basically repeat what happened with Akira on a larger yeah. scale. And you know, it's it's kind of uh, and if you can imagine like any uh, Japanese military man going up. Can, I mean, just imagine. Let's like. Yeah. Say the unthinkable happened, and think it happened, and uh, uh, the U.S. actually thinks about uh, bombing uh, Japan with nuclear weapons. Can you imagine what a what must be going through the mind of a uh, Japanese Japanese military official? Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of thing. Like, look, I can't. I don't have any choice. Like, I know what happened last time. Yeah. Um, and. I'm, we're not going to have that happen again. And then you got what happened with the Fujiyama reactor. Mm-hmm. I mean, not exactly a country that's had a lot of luck with nuclear power. No. Yeah. Um. So, God, I do that. That moment, I really do like. Uh, your bike's still on fire. <laughs> oh. That's See, because... exactly. He's like he doesn't see him as a danger. He sees him as a as a, an amazing specimen. Yes. And uh, now we have uh, a final confrontation where he literally takes his throne mm-hmm. with uh, Akira. 
but you're totally right and it's it's crazy because like this whole climax takes place at the uh the stadium where the 2020 uh olympics are going to be so yeah if they totally if they don't have any like minutia Reference. of references to this movie. Yeah. What's that? I mean, I mean, any, any reference whatsoever, that would be a, just a goddamn tragedy. Anything. Anything. Just like, you know, be like, a guy dressed, like a one armed guy dressed as Tetsuo in a cape. Like, it'd be like, the, it'd be like in uh, Days of Confused with Matthew McConaughey. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a bit of a Darth Vader thing going on. Mm-hmm. Just Kyrie. I wonder if that's another thing that uh, they took away from Lucas. Like, because, you know, Lucas always talked about in Star Wars how um, machinery and mechanical uh, limbs were kind of the symbol of a loss of humanity. Hmm. I I wonder if he actually did see Star Wars and kind of take that theme. Star Wars was huge all over the world, so I would not be surprised in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. I mean,. And remember, all three of them were already out. Well, remember the uh, um, remember the uh, the anime for uh, what's it called? Ah, I just lost my face. Sorry. There we go. Uh, no, remember the uh, the uh, uh, radish con. What is it called? Daikon. Daikon. That's what it's called. Daikon anime. Mm-hmm. With the the bunny girl running around fighting all. They're going to release it on on legally uh, release it because of all the licensed characters that were all referenced in there. But they had all been very popular in Japan. And one of them, she's fighting into our favor in front of a bunch of stormtroopers. Huh. So I would definitely not be surprised if, if Tomo was much inspired by this. Yeah. And this is a, I mean, this is see, a great sequence because it's showing the disease and him spreading. It's spreading, yes. not only is it spreading, it's a virus. Yeah. Uh, literally, like. Uh, so it's a digital virus. A, a, a digital virus. I really like that. Um, and presented through wires and not like, you know, code like you would normally associate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, then again, they probably wouldn't have thought of that. That That's like if you wanted to show a compute like a, uh, a digital virus uh, in an anime, you probably go to like Ghost in the Shell for like a code. Yeah. Because remember, by then, like that's when computers finally came out. This was before computers really became a thing. Um, I wouldn't say that much because this was 88, 89. And the Apple, well, I mean, true. I'm just talking about was, like was uh, growing heavily. Well, I'm just talking about like how the how it became much more mainstream as code yeah. um, right. in like the 90s. Yeah. But in the 80s, they had to get a little bit more creative mm-hmm. and use that kind of more hardware kind of style. Yeah, and also remember back in the 80s, computers were everywhere in the future, and this yes. is the future. So. <sighs> <sighs> But again, they it was an imagined future, so they didn't mm-hmm. really uh, think of using the kind of code motifs that you would you now see everywhere. Yeah, Instead, they I blame for, this. for that. They they kind of used this really great, you know, wiring branch, mm-hmm. almost like a a weed. Yeah, which is really freaking cool. Well, it's not only a weed, but it also looks like a circuit board. Yeah, yeah. Um, although if they used a lot more angles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That would have been really cool if they actually did like use you know very geometric shapes instead of more organic. Yeah. Um, maybe that's used to symbolize, or they just wanted to do something really cool with it. <clears throat> um, but now here comes like uh, comes the showdown. The great, yeah, the great, or well, it's, I don't know if it's really a showdown because we've already had our showdown. Yeah. But um, I like to think of this as the the awakening. The demon walk. <laughs> you know. 
like uh, when Tetsuo is finally reaching a critical mass and yeah, um, the children, the elder or the the espers, they uh, kind of guide him to a new a new plane of existence. New reality. Um, well, no, not even just reality, existence, really, because mm. you know he kind of becomes like this, you know, eighth dimensional being or whatever. Yeah. That is some crazy animation. That's hand drawn, man. Like the oh, oh. I'm actually kind of glad they kept that out of focus because Jesus Christ, I don't think I could have looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, uh, Boom. yeah, he looks like a, like this baby thing. Like you notice the fingers on fingers. Yeah. What's going on there? When he becomes actual baby, he almost becomes like the, the, the star child at the end. Of yeah. That's no, he's that's like exactly a perverted, what I was... like a perverted version of the star child. Yeah. I mean, I was actually like, uh, kind of reminded about that while and talking about that when you were gone, but, um, yeah, like th- this movie is uh, also because I remember they were talking about who Akira was and whatnot, and how he's kind of like God, the ultimate really... being that that reached the highest level uh, state of uh, evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what the Star Child does at the end of two thousand and one. Does yeah, he just reaches a a new yeah, just hits it a lot more painful. Oh, Kyrie, run, run, Kyrie! Uh... I keep hoping. Oh God! Just she, Kyrie just needs to get out. Seriously, this poor woman. Is, she she never never caught. Like you said, she never caught a break the entire damn movie. No, no. Oh man, look at that animation. Squeeze. That's like a. And I do love that's a love fade out. Yeah, that's another nightmare right there. Yeah, no kidding. This is some Cronenberg level of shit right here. Okay, this is the kids uh, putting basically putting Akira back together. Yeah, um, and all kind of using Taneda as like a a we kind of guide. Oh my god! Here it comes. It's it's really kind of crazy how oh. you can make because I mean I was talking about this on the like what Miyazaki was doing, although that's a different style entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, there's beauty in the grotesque. Yeah. And they tend, there's, that's something that they de- uh, definitely achieve. And it's, it's really a kind of amazing how in animation, um, in mo- especially really great animation, just like really great series or movies or whatnot. Uh, the grotesque parts are often the most beautiful. Right, in a like a boy. Ugh. And the glass jars open up. Yeah. This this sequel did give me some nightmares. Yeah, because I, I I do know that this got definitely got a hard R when it was released in the U.S. I don't know if it did or not. It got a PG thirteen. No, I actually did some reading. It it definitely got an R rating. Really? At least the uh, the two thousand and one re release. Okay. Because <clears throat> I saw it, like I said, I was fifteen years old, and I rented it at my local store. No no problems whatsoever. Akira, see, yeah, that, so there he is, put all put back together. Mm-hmm. I kind of, although you know, now looking back, I kind of wish we didn't see him. Yeah, because that was really kind of the ingenious thing. Like, 
creation, oh, godlike creation. Because well, well, yeah, because when I first saw the movie, that was like one of the things that I really took away. Like uh, when he, uh, when we uh, find out that Akira is essentially like nothing but glass jars, I'm like, oh, that's actually really kind of interesting. We don't ever get to see him. Mm-hmm. Like he's such on a level, new level. He's kind of like a the monolith. Yeah, like he has no form or anything. <laughs> freaking cool how he reverts back mm-hmm. sort of collapsing on himself oh you know what's really interesting about uh this sequence and especially even like the beginning mm-hmm. um a lot of it's played with silence yeah well remember because... the kids actually knew akira they grew up with akira but he had grazed on a higher level than they ever did mm-hmm. but uh what i found kind of interesting about you know, uh, playing with it because normally you would put like a rumble or even like a, a hiss with like a light, uh, the sound of light, yeah. especially omitting like that. They just shot, uh, they shot the, the colonel was a good guy, so they shot him out of there. Yeah. So, so now they're like, can, you think can we can rescue him? Hmm. And of course, they decide to because, I mean, if he went in, they're probably not going to come out, but. Possibly, they're, you know, if they work together, maybe they could, their combined effort could yeah. save them. Um, but, yeah, a lot of this sequence, most of it's played in total silence, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of cool. Like, when you see this on, when you see this muted, you know, like, you know, obviously we're watching, um, not like you folks back home, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you, your mind tends to make certain sounds like, this, you know, kind of sound as the buildings kind of go up, mm-hmm. like a rumble, and, you know, you hear all the pieces going. But, no, it's, uh, there's silence. It's a vacuum. Yeah. Which is really a great choice because, you know, if you're, if you are, uh, if your uh, state of existence or reality or perception or whatever is going to uh, a co- literally a cosmic, uh, scale Mm -hmm. then you probably wouldn't hear anything because the majority of what you're seeing is just space yeah and there is no noise in space um which honestly i find like isn't that interesting it's like almost scientifically accurate yeah (laughs) like if someone were to go into a new like a new level of uh uh existence like that you would just be in the absence of this cocoon of silence You'd be beyond your own five senses. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we're going through Tetsuo's memories and and his dreams and whatnot. Yeah. Oh. This actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the ending of Spider-Man Through the Multiverse. Or Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. When they're, yeah, when you're they're totally diving, right, they're dude. through all the different uh, variations of, of realities. Yeah, you're totally right. That's, that's fucking interesting. I haven't... I didn't think about it like that. I just saw the movie, so it kind of reminded me. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Although, to be fair, like, well, I mean, they had the uh, the Japanese anime, the Penny Parker oh, yeah. in there. So, wouldn't be surprised that they decided, let's take all the psychedelic stuff that we've ever seen ever and throw it at this movie. This movie was no exception. Yeah, and this movie was no exception, like, at all. You know who invented Penny Parker? Who is that? Gerard Ray, the lead singer of uh, My Chemical Romance. 
Get the fuck. Oh, my God. Yep, he was one of the characters he created. Wow, I'm surprised he didn't, like, you know, ask to do a, uh, um, uh, like, a music number for that movie. Well, the bands broke up, so I'm not necessarily really his... Well, I mean, you could still do, like, a solo project. Yeah. You know, that's how it is. But, um, yeah, so now Now we're we're mixing between the two of uh, Akira and these Esper's lives, and then we're going to switch to Tetsuo and... Uh, the lives of uh, Tetsuo and Pineda. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they're the ones that uh, they're trying to take uh, return uh, Kaneda back to our uh, our level of uh, existence. Because mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> um, Tane- Now, I don't remember uh, anything. I know that they basically treat those children from their childhood up to now. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember if it's tied to their powers or not, if that's why they're so old looking. I don't remember that. I know it's, there's some sort of explanation in mind, but I can't remember what it was. Well, I, I, I got nothing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this whole sequence is just. You're to- but yeah, now that I look at it, you're right. It totally is very reminiscent of um, uh, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. And then we have this one final memory of them, of him just connecting to him. Uh-huh. Such a good movie. Actually, yeah, I really do love uh, that look that he gives. It's because it because to me, like, because um, I mentioned this again a last time on the Spirited Away, uh, children are really hard to get right. Yeah. Well, in, in one movies. of the things I love about this film is it's not overly exaggerated. You watch a lot no. of anime from the time period. There's a lot of wild takes and crazy posts and such. But this is actually, even though it has to work, it has to work within its own twisted logic. It does look reasonable. Yes, like there's no Super Saiyan or crazy moments, or mm. it it does not abide by the uh, the the laws of anime physics exactly it abides by reality physics mm-hmm. <clears throat> it just has some fantastical elements mm-hmm. um in some sequences i mean when, when tornado's like tumbling through the the, the rubble and shit he probably yes. should have broken something but you know i'll give him that one by and by the way uh if any of you haven't uh read the anime laws of physics google it it's and hilarious. read them Read them and thank me later because they're freaking hilarious. Oh, God, they <laughs> um, so, but yeah, going towards the little bit of Stargate going on there, isn't it? Yeah, like I mean, not like the the uh, the show, but like uh, two thousand and one Stargate. Mm-hmm. I always, I actually always wondered what that like little thing of light was. Oh, what little thing of light? Doc- the, the little piece of light that he was studying. Oh. Yep, there goes oh, the... Way. There goes the professor. Yep. He's about And here. along with whatever's left of Neo Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, if this is what we're in for by the end of uh, this year or next year... Uh, yep. Well, God help us all. I mean, it's not that far, right? I mean, global warming can't do this. Right? Yeah. Right? Right. I, yeah. I still have faith in science. I still believe that science can fix things. There is, you know, people working on very good carbon carbon catchers, and they've also discovered that uh, accidentally that if they 
drop iron filings in the ocean, it builds up a bunch of uh, microorganisms that actually soak up carbon. And when they die, it just sinks to the bottom of the ocean. It doesn't escape. So there are techniques we can do to fix the earth. We've just got to be allowed to do them. And, and to get started, like, right now. Yeah, and there's a lot of climate, climate, climate change deniers who have a lot of money who don't want to see us, you know, rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Because, um, actually, remember uh, a couple of years back uh, when the 2012 Olympics were going and we, we all thought that uh, uh, the world was going to end 2012? Yeah. Like, well, because you remember the movie 2012 came out yeah. uh, like a uh, couple years before that. And we're like, oh, God, I really hope it doesn't come to that. Because that, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but Roland Emmerich takes the earth and puts it through a blender. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's it's okay. It's um, I'm kind of a uh, I find his films a bit of a guilty pleasure, mm. and 2012 oh, yeah. is no exception. If you're just in for a really fun like um, blow shit up, di- uh, uh, well, like a a, a global destruction uh, disaster movie, yeah. you're gonna get a really good movie. Yeah. If you know you're in for a popcorn movie, then that's a good one for you. Maybe I'll do that for a future episode. Cause, yeah. Um, and and uh, it's not a great movie. But I really enjoy that film a lot, a lot more than uh, most people would okay, really expect. Anyway, so this is, I never quite understood what this is. Mm-hmm. It's just the last bit of consciousness that he holds on to. Or maybe yeah, that, that's what like, I was asking about earlier, is that, this is that the piece of light. I'm guessing maybe it's um, not maybe so much his soul, is it's the final bit of the reality that the Esper's, Tetsuo, and Akira all... Um, inhabit what they like uh it's what, almost like it's the power like, like the power that they all possess more like in a weird it's way. Like more like a portal it's the remnants of the portal because they left oh okay so it's right on yeah, that's what that's what i'm thinking of this anyway and so they're just like maybe we'll see tetsuo one day tetsuo one day again yeah and then this is the bit again played with total silence yeah and it's going got this crazy stargate kind of thing going on. Yeah. And I, yeah, see that's straight up Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And then again, total the sun, silence. Yeah, the sun bursting through. And then the music comes up, and a little bit of the rubble coming. In, actually, did you notice that the rubble there? It's the same kind of rubble that we saw earlier, but now it's just going in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And we're, we're traversing through the universe. Oh, the poor bike. Roll. The poor bike. Yeah. And he's just showing off because his bike's in great condition. My God. It's full of stars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then we have the great, great music to close the movie. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I'm actually curious because I think I, cause I've got so many soundtracks to sort through, but. Uh, I don't know if you have it, do you? I do not have it on flat, no. Oh, you, oh, well, I mean, do you still have it, like, just, you know, as, like, a bunch of MP3s oh, or God, a yeah. CD oh, or God, something? Yeah. Definitely. Good, because, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I have it, too. I just haven't sorted it out, because my files are kind of all over the place, especially the music ones. I file religiously. It's almost like a, I have a very mild case of uh, uh, OCD, mm-hmm. but I've managed to limit it to my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has to be where it has to be. Yep. Yeah. Everything has its place. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, but, yeah, amazing but yeah, folks. I mean, there's nothing else to say, really. I mean, we've talked about we talked this movie to death. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still a movie worth talking about because, uh, like I said, um, you know, this is the year of our Lord, 2019. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's really kind of scary how much before we, they got right. In, yeah. Before we end, I, though, I really want to say about the, the, the an anime is the only film I've ever been punched over. And it was Princess is, Okay, uh, please tell this story. Because I don't think I've heard this story. Okay, I went back in like uh, 99 or 2000, uh, Princess Mononoke had just come out. I went with my girlfriend at the time. We saw it. It was amazing. And I went to, I, must, I was still in college, so it must have been 2000. Okay. And I my I went to, a, I was in my writing course. The teacher asked us what we did that weekend. No, no, it was 99. It was 99. Because I was my girlfriend, and we hadn't gone to our, we hadn't broken up in uh, 2000 yet. Long story. Anyway, so went to class. Teacher asked us what we did on the weekend. I said I saw this amazing animated movie called Princess Mononoke. So a couple days later, I'm back in class. One of the girls who I kind of knew walked up and cold cocked my ass. Why? And she glares at me and says, "I took my four year old niece to that movie because it was animated. It's your fault." This is why animation can be for adults. She uh, is yeah. she is of the opinion that all animation should be for children. And I'm like, are you joking? Did you not read the PG-13? And she basically wrote me a new one because it's, it's a cartoon. It should be you know, violent, not violent. Not so this was horrible. I'm like, it was a fucking amazing movie is what it was. Uh, yeah. It's your fault for not reading the, reading the reviews. For not reading up on any of the, uh, uh, the ratings. It still blows my mind that people think that that animated movies are only for children because mm. I don't understand that because and or that comics are just for children. Yeah. People are still have that mentality because, mm. you know, people say comics and they think, oh, Biff, Bam, Pow and ridiculous. You know, it's just that's no wrong. As a matter of fact, comics today are more for adults than kids nowadays. Yeah. You know, and even you could argue that with animation. Well, um, also, kids are growing up a lot faster than we do when I was a kid. That's very true. There, you, we have uh, a lot more access to porn than we did in the eighties. Because I know, I, didn't have no, I know you've told horror stories about that. I didn't have no fancy internet to get my porn. I was a kid. I had to sneak into my dad's sock drawer, or I had to go to the local newsstand and hide it under my coat and run. And if it, and if you really got desperate, there was always the Sears catalog. I'm not joking, it's true. <laughs> I jacked off to the cover of Dazzler number one because you could see her nipple underneath the light. I was 13 years old. A stiff breeze would have gotten me off, okay? And that, that worked for me. That made it one of the reasons why I love Dazzler so much. <laughs> that explains so much. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dan here. I don't know if you folks know, but Dan here is like... The world's most number one Dazzler fan on the fucking planet. Like it's it's actually kind of adorable and also kind of creepy, but I love him for it. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the movie, uh, folks. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, that's so seriously, animated movies definitely should be. Uh, there should be a lot more uh, adult animated movies out there. Mainstream ones, like I know it's been like a, a bit of a trend in the last couple of years, like Sausage Party and Made for Adults. Oh, yeah. scandalous! Like and Secret World of El Super Bisto, you know. Yeah, you know, like and they're, they're, and, they're making the mistake of having sex and violence 
be the adult part, not the story. There yeah. is some great stuff out there. There's uh, my friend Bashir. There's uh, uh, through a scanner darkly. Um, yes, yes. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, that Richard Linklater's movie. Yeah, there are some movies out there that are for adults. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, animation for adults. Um, I'm trying to think, like off the top of my head. I know. Uh, uh, a fanta- well, I mean, the the... fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Um, hold on. What do we have here. Uh, Brave the Fireflies is definitely really good. Okay, yeah, that's a. You just brought up another thing that I wanted to talk about because. Um, if you remember very clearly when uh, uh, Grave of the Fireflies ca- came to the U.S., yeah, uh, it was as a double feature with My Neighbor Totoro. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, so can you imagine that? Because uh, I was about to say when you got um, cockled by that uh, uh, by that lady, I'm like, wow! At least she didn't go see Grave of the Fireflies. Now, I made the mistake of writing Grave of the Fireflies after seeing Akira. I was like 16 years old. I'm like, oh, another anime. It's for adults. That's great. I have never oh, wanted to God. slit my own wrists more. Okay. That, that was is... like watching a double feature of American History X and Saving Private Ryan. I was just uh, like, kill me now. Oh, that's the thing. Like, I get kind of a lot of shit for um, saying that Schindler's List is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And it still is because it's about a Nazi not killing Jews. Yeah. Which gives me so much hope yeah. for humanity. Um, but people tell me, oh, that's such a depressing movie. F- Fuck you. You want a depressing movie? Watch Grave of the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Like, that will sh- scar you forever. And as a matter of fact, um, looking back, it is kind of ingenious to have Grave of the Fireflies be a double pe- feature for My Neighbor Totoro. Just so long as I can watch Grave of the Fireflies first. Because <laughs> I need Totoro to give me faith in humanity and a warm fuzzy feeling again you need that yeah all right guys yeah. it is late i'm gonna i'm gonna call it all right so this has been akira uh hope you guys enjoyed uh and of course like and subscribe and share and join us next time because uh, we're going to be doing a, a bit of more of an anime thing going on um for the rest of the week although interestingly enough next episode i'm not going to give it away but it's not going it's going to be a japanese animated inspired but it's not animated. Ooh. Aha! It's gonna, yes, it's going to be very interesting. So uh, hope to see all folks in the next show. So this has been Comtrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace!